time to musk up. Wow. Never ceases to amaze me. What cologne are you gonna go with? London gentleman or wait? No, 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 hold on. Blackbeard's delight. No, she gets a special cologne. It's called Sex Panther by Odeon. It's illegal in nine countries. Yep, it's made with bits of real panther. So you know it's good. It's quite pungent. Oh yeah. Ooh, it's a formidable scent. <laughs> it stings the nostrils in a good way. Yeah. Brian, I'm gonna be honest with you, that smells like pure gasoline. They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works every time. That doesn't make sense. All right, welcome back to another week of Muskies on Tap. I'm your host, Gus Manti. And my brother Max and I just got done wrapping up the PMTT at Lake Vermilion just last weekend. We're really excited to share the good news about that tournament. Uh, we're going to give you guys all the details on our pre-fishing, where we're staying, uh, how the tournament went, you know, our encounters with muskies, the bycatches, and all that good stuff. So without going too much further, I'm going to introduce the other host on here tonight. And first up, we got Max Manti. How are you doing tonight, Max? Couldn't be more excited to be here tonight with you, Gus, and uh, our our uh, favorite favorite friend Brian too. Good to see his shining face. Uh, looks energized and excited to be here. Uh, see you sipping on something over there, Gus. But uh, what what do you got there? Uh, I'm just tapping in here with the Castle Danger Brewery castle cream ale from two harbors minnesota so repping the state of minnesota here in honor of just being there for you know fishing for muskies for i guess the first real time i don't know i can't remember if if we brought it up in this podcast or not our first encounter of fishing minnesota water but i guess you could say it's our first time fishing minnesota big water so this is a very good brew, and I'm sure plenty of the listeners have maybe had it if they're from Minnesota, but if you're not and you're from Wisconsin you're heading over to our neighboring state, I definitely recommend getting the Castle Cream Ale. Nice. Well, I'm I'm sipping on some vino tonight, you know, taking her easy here on a Sunday night. <laughs> Ask Brian what he's <laughs> drinking, but I think the better question would be what uh, what he was drinking yesterday. I know he he saw my boy Jordan Love. Dice up uh, some Patriots defense yesterday. Uh, Pete poked his head into Lambo. Got to go to church on a Saturday. Uh, Brian, how was uh, how was the Packers preseason game? How you doing tonight? Uh, it was a lot of fun. It was at least a lot of fun for the first half. Uh, starters played just over like a quarter of time. Saw some promising things from Jordan Love. Of oh, not not too hot on him going in, but he did he did have a couple nice deep balls that. Uh, Gave me a little bit of faith going into the year. So we'll see. I think like eight or nine wins is kind of a good mark for him. I don't know. I tough to say how their defense will be. It seems like every year it's up and down. But, yeah, that was a good time. And then, uh, yeah, I feel like a broken record today. I once again watched Roy McIlroy come up short. 
And uh, I, I texted these guys earlier in the day and said, I feel like I'm living in a simulation every Sunday. It's just hung over watching Rory choke it away. So that was my re- weekend summary. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're warming up to Jordan Love, man. I mean, if anyone's got an eye for a deep ball, it's it's you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Kid really knows how to spin it. Well, that's awesome. Glad to have you on tonight, Brian. I think we should just dive right into the PMTT recap, guys. I mean, there really wasn't much to show for in northern Wisconsin fishing. I wasn't really out since I was just pretty much prepping for the, the tournament, and that's what we did. So, well, real quick, did um, did you get any, uh, did you hear anything about the uh, Alliance tournament, National Muskie Open? I know, I know us three fished in that the last two years, Gus. I mean, you've took home some hardware the first year we did it and last year we we had a few heartbreaks but that's always a fun tournament to fish in when i know we were bummed we couldn't get out there this year but i was dming with a few few people on the muskies on tap instagram that i know we're fishing in it so um i haven't been able to actually see the results so i don't know how they did or anything but it sounds like you got a little bit of intel on how the the tournament went yeah yeah i talked to our buddy kyle who was uh fishing in the tournament he unfortunately couldn't keep one pinned. I know he he was talking to me about he had a, a nice fish on and and he saw some nice fish, but he kind of gave me the insight there because I didn't talk to anybody else who was at the ceremony or like the the award ceremony there uh just today, this this afternoon, Sunday. But he said there's about twelve hundred people in it. So I don't know if that's down like a hundred or something from kind of the years. We did it, but still, I think that's about in line with when we were there. I thought when we were there actually last year, there was like 900 something. Really? Yeah. I thought it was, yeah, I think it's up. Yeah. Oh, I I remember it being 1300 or something the first year. So maybe it's about even. I don't know. I know that there's some years that I think there are more. I think they had like 1500 or 1600 one year, but either way, uh, it sounds like, uh, don't quote me on the exact amount. Uh, cause it could have changed or it might be a little different, but it, it looks like 157 fish were caught seemed a little tough. It sounded like there was a good cold front here. I know we kind of got that when we were in Minnesota, but there was the winner caught three. It sounds like as well. I do not know mm. the sizes, but congrats to the winner. I also do not know the name. Like Max said, that is a tournament that we would do the last two years and we weren't able to this year with the PMTT kind of being in line with that. So definitely would like to go and do that tournament again down the road. We always enjoyed it. It's kind of just like a fun camaraderie tournament of just musky fishing kind of not anywhere you want, but whatever lake group you pick, you kind of just roll around and just start popping to, you know, one lake to the next and see what happens. So I think that's what I got during it it sounds like there's a big tiger caught and the biggest fish was 48 and a half so definitely no slouchers so sounds like some solid solid results from the tourney cool yeah i love that tournament i think it's cool how they set it up and i mean in fact it's it's literally spread out all over violas county i mean i was bummed when the the schedule's in the line this year i know we talked about trying to fish a different lake group every single year and I mean, last year, Brian was the only one to get a fish out of our, our boat, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a cool, cool event. I'm, I'm hoping that we're able to get up and do it next year. 
Yeah, me too. That's the uh I don't I don't know if we said it right away. I think we called it the Alliance Tournament. I know that's maybe what it used to be called or something, but it's the National Championship Muskie Open. It's kind of more of a a fundraiser. You know, you get hardware if you win or or place, but you know, it's just a fun time. They got a lot of raffles and and they, you know, give out a boat at the end to just like one lucky winner, which is pretty sweet. You know, that's probably why a lot of people do it. They probably fish from <laughs> eight to noon each day and just wait for their <laughs> name to be called on Sunday. But whereas we fish from six to, I don't even know when the, that, that first year we, that first year we did it, we hit it hard and we were fishing the chain. That was a lot of fun. I don't know if we'll ever really uh, touch back on that during a podcast one of these times, but man, that was a grind <laughs> fishing for two and a half days on the chain during the middle of August during <laughs> a 80 degree high high sky pure sun um you know weekend and somehow yeah, very very successful somehow we did really well in the worst conditions yeah we <laughs> caught a caught a handful of them and i mean we're playing bumper boats not to mention it being hot and all the pleasure boaters but i mean there's like i don't know a couple hundred boats in that lake group i mean they're everywhere there's like a yeah. boat on every single spot if you're fishing the chain in that tournament it's unreal Brian, didn't you get one like 10 minutes into the tournament that year? Yeah. Yeah. It was the first morning. Yeah. I think 10 minutes in, it was burning a bucktail or no. Yeah. Burning a bucktail. Uh, came, came in on Gus in the eight. And yep. uh, I also was like coming into the eight and it turned off Gus and crushed me. So <laughs> <laughs> he got which the is, assist. Which is funny because that's not a, a boat tournament. It's like an individual results tournament. <laughs> yeah. So the fact that it like yeah. came in on Gus, peeled off of his bait smashes yeah. yours and it's just it's like hey what the fuck come on <laughs> true uh you got you got the apple on that one gus as we like to say uh in the hockey world that's the the glories of musky fishing though is he takes you 10 minutes to catch one and then you fish the next 20 hours of the tournament don't catch anymore so <laughs> so it's a kind of a curse getting one that early on it was at the time it was gus's uh gus caught one sunday that that ended up getting him the second place finish that year and i mean that was the biggest fish i think at the time that we had pulled from the chain yeah yeah that, that was that's still like the oldest looking darkest looking musky i've seen oh, pretty just freakish built like a shit brick house i mean yeah probably fished that spot i don't know you know, 350 plus times and then never seen a fish that size come out of there. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. It's, I mean, it was probably the one that we were after earlier in the year that ate dad's pike that he shook off uh, yeah. roadside when we we're fishing in June, but unreal. Yeah. That thing was built like crazy. That was a, that was a fun eat Medusa in four feet of water. Can't beat it. <laughs> I think that <laughs> kind of really... foot squeak on the hook set. Oh Yeah. Yep. I feel like that yeah. really catapulted the tournament fishing that fish that did because that was like the first time we've ever placed in anything right i think I know that, wasn't that like your second tournament ever or something might have been i i think because just that year we did the spring classic max and i i think it was you and i max and we did not do very well and then we did that august tournament the yeah the musky Got open on the podium Got up on the podium and then the I think that fall I did Paul's pro am with with dad and and we 
I think lost a couple. I know I lost a couple on like a bulldog or something like that. And maybe double tens. I'm trying to like remember, but yeah, that was the first year of really doing tournaments. So <laughs> Dude, when you got up on the, uh, when you got your name call, or I remember like, so when we were, you know, going towards the end of the, or we went, but when we went to the ceremony on, on the last day, and you caught that nice fish and we we're like, well, we'll see how Gus, you know, shakes out. Cause you had caught like a 39 and a half or something like that on Saturday. And then you popped the 45 or 44 and a half or whatever it was on Sunday. We we're like, well, I wonder where Gus is going to shake out in this thing. Cause like the bite was tough. And, uh, I remember, you know, we kind of started doing the math on that, like mega leaderboard that's in the <laughs> thing. We're like, dude, Gus, I think you took second place out of all these people. We start freaking out. And then I think somebody told us like, yeah, they, you know, call up all the winners and have them talk about what they did. And like, obviously everybody in the whole tournament is there because the boat raffle And at this time, you know, you were like definitely afraid of public speaking. So it was like a truly, I don't know what to do with my hands type moment. <laughs> you I, your I don't know called. what to do it with was my his, hands. His hello world moment. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, hi, I'm Gus. I caught a big fish. <laughs> well, what's funny about that when we went in there to add up, add up his inches, we're just standing next to, you know, all these musky guys and everybody's kind of looking to see what's caught. And we're like talking amongst ourselves, like Gus, like, you know, here's your total inches. Like you're sitting really well. And this guy next to us goes like, oh, how'd you guys do? And, uh, and he ended up catching like two, like 41 and a half. And we're like yeah. doing the math in our head, like us and this random guy. <laughs> and we're like, uh, yeah, Gus got you by like a half inch. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Like, a random guy that just showed like, up and stood next to us. There's 1300 <laughs> people in the tournament. And yeah, the, the second and third place people are standing right next to each other. It was just, kind of, it was a little bit awkward. <laughs> the standoff. <laughs> Yep. Well, it was awkward right. for that guy because he popped those two fish, low 40s. I don't know the exact, but I think it was like a half inch or something off. His buddy popped like a 46 in the same boat. So their boat yeah. did really well, you know, two low 40s and then like a 46 or 46 and a half or something. So, you know, that's just the way it is with that tournament. Like you said, it's all individual, but it's just a group fun. I mean, every time you go out there and and you look at other boats, there's usually three or four other people just jammed in a boat, musky fishing. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. I mean, yeah, we had a lot of fun doing it last year. It was a little bit more of a heartbreak last year. We, I don't know how many fish we oh, lost, man. but that first morning was like probably, I mean, one of us could have probably won the whole freaking tournament in the first morning, just yeah, that bite window that yep. was open. And like, it was like miss fish, miss fish, miss fish. Yeah, I, I mean, it was yeah. just nuts. Missed pretty much a half a dozen, caught a pike or two that were pretty nice. And then I think you and I, Max, both caught one that were like 32 and 33 inches and couldn't register. Yeah. And that yeah. was just a heartbreak day. Yeah. And still I, fun. I mean, the Hopefully. rest of the weekend, I think we lost more fish as well. So, yeah, I lost that nice one. And you also did. And Brian was the only one that had the stones there to actually get one into the net. Yeah. I was the only one not afraid to hook set. <laughs> Easy kid. Easy. <laughs> hey man, he uh, only speaks the truth. He only speaks the truth. We can get back to our regular scheduled programming with the PMTT talk. Nobody expected to get a rundown on the national championship of years past. <laughs> yeah. No one probably cares. That. That's okay. Um, but yeah, no, it was all fun. Um, yeah, let's, let's dive in, man. Lake Vermilion, 
holy shit i can't say enough about that lake i think we were a little bit i don't want to say hesitant or anything going in i i know we were really excited but i think just from like the talk of the town about lake vermilion is you know it was a little bit of a what oh well what it what it used to be kind of a lake and i know that like there's still huge fish that get kicked out of there you know every year and and whatnot but i think you know, people were a little bit more down on it this year over the past years. I know that it has gotten a little bit better, but I couldn't say enough good things about it. I mean, the way it lays out is so cool to me. I mean, it, Brian, you would freaking love it, man. It was like, you know, I wouldn't say it had a, a northern Wisconsin feel to it by any means, but it wasn't like a big open water, you know, clear body of water like you'd kind of think about Minnesota. I mean, it felt kind of like a mix between like a, a northern Wisconsin and like a Canadian shield type lake. I mean, it was just so gorgeous, like limited cabins on a lot of the lake and, you know, just a lot of rock, a lot of cliffs, a lot of trees, you know, just like it's just gorgeous. I mean, I, I loved it. I don't know about you, Gus, but like I, the second we left, I'm like, when can we get back? <laughs> I fully agree. I mean, the drive up from Eagle river i went north and went through the up and that's just gorgeous as always and then kind of cut across northern wisconsin which is just typical stuff got north of duluth and then i'm like oh getting through all these iron towns and it's not really that pretty and then all of a sudden you get like five ten miles from lake vermilion and just like big rocks show up i'm like this is like canada like that one time i went went up there to walleye fish you know many years back and got on the lake and i agree it's absolutely gorgeous there one thing first that just like overwhelmed us i think is the amount of structure out there because it is not one big bowl i mean there's so many sections people say that like they consider it you know divided into four or five lakes basically or something like that um but yeah, yeah it pretty much had that feel of not being on like a big minnesota clear body of water because we got there honestly nobody ever told us like what the clarity was we put in and Austin, i'm like well i can't really see past two maybe three feet this is looked like the eagle river chain in june or something i (laughs) I love this yeah this is eagle river chain before it becomes chocolate milk and like this is perfect it's got like a little tint to it i mean just rocks everywhere is so understatement but I want to ask, because I know we we touched on this with Alex in last week's pod, and then uh, we've asked other people in the past, too. How did you guys, I mean, it was overwhelming, obviously, with the size of the lake, but what was your game plan in pre-fishing? Like, how how did you kind of narrow it down and decide where to start? And Yeah, so basically, we started off with doing as much research as we could on the internet about Lake Vermilion. Uh what people like to throw there, you know, looking up YouTube videos of, of the people that go there and just kind of seeing what they use and like what type of structure they're working. And, and then we got ourselves a lake map. And with that, we could like physically actually circle spots and like, look. And in this way, it actually helped us as well during the tournament while we were there to kind of like, not exactly X places, but just like keep circling and then like be able to dial up a, like a milk run or a game plan during the tournament. But that was kind of like ground zero, you know, to start. And I think what happened after that is that 
absolutely skyrocketed to like overwhelmingness when we got there and all of a sudden we just like got on the lake in our you know 18 and a half foot aluminum tiller and we're like holy shit we got a lot of water to the left a lot of water to the right and we got two and a half days and we need to figure out where at least one muskie is sitting and everything looked good everything looked good <laughs> like sensory overload nuts. like sensory sensory overload for sure and you, you know what the it's kind of like opposite of cave run when i go went into cave run someone told me like you're gonna mark bait everywhere don't trust it like just fish you know the coves and blah 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 went to vermilion and honestly i i can't i could count on almost one hand how many bait balls we saw below the boat and i was really surprised i mean we we're even going over some of the the deeper basin areas, but uh, we kind of figured out with that. I mean, if you're not marking bait deep at all, it pretty much only leaves one like answer to do, to just fish shallow. And I mean, we love fishing shallow and, and we knew that there's a rock bite going on and I know we tried weeds as well in our pre-fishing, but, but man, that <laughs> we'll get into that. <laughs> we'll get into that. But man, that, that <laughs> fishing rocks, we've just gained a lot of confidence in, and it's not, and we also found out it's not exactly necessary to have a lot of wind, although it definitely seemed important in talking with others and the people that we're staying with, wind was important. But before we get too far into our pre-fishing, we ended up staying at an Airbnb right next to Shamrock Landing, kind of pretty much in central location. I don't know. I think it was near like Black Duck landing i think it was called and like black black duck, duck bay, bay. fraser yeah, was duck fraser bay. was on our you know if you're looking at the lake from the south fraser bay was on our left and you know the rest of the east side of the lake was on our right yep so we figured with that we we're like we don't need to do a lot of running we're probably just gonna fish the east side and we kind of went from the far east to fraser bay and that was our area of looking so we already kind of narrowed it in which is still probably 30 or 28,000 of the 40,000 acres. So that didn't really narrow it down that much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember getting out there on Tuesday and just like the ride up was, was such a trip. Like I've been looking forward to this trip. I, I was probably looking forward to fishing for million, you know, as far as other weekends that we've had planned. Like I was, I had this one circled on the calendar just because it was something so different for us. And also that shot that, you know, that you have like a chance to catch a, a giant, giant fish, you know, obviously Madison kicked out some beautiful fish over the PMTT, but I think there's one thing Vermillion's known for. It's like big fish and also very heavy, big fish. I mean, those fish were freaking tanks. <laughs> we mm -hmm. Yeah. They're just shovel heads wide. <laughs> You're just like you, we'd get a follow, which we really didn't get that many follows. And you just look down, you're like, how big was that? Cause that thing was like a two by four on the width, yeah. but we, we don't know the length. Like, was it 46? Was it 49? Was it 52? Like, I don't even know. It's just <laughs> huge. So I think, you know, starting on Tuesday, it's like we pull up, you know, uh, the energy is high. I mean, I know that the weather, when I were driving in, I'm looking at the trees are like turning inside out. I'm like, Ooh, man, it's looking a little breezy out there. 
Um, don't think I fully could grasp how windy slash wavy the, the lake actually was going to be. And we dropped it on Tuesday and it was like, I wouldn't say it was, you know, like a bummer by any means, but I mean, we got out there and started realizing pretty quickly, like we're not going to really be able to fish at all. Because yeah, it was unless we want to so get absolutely beat up before the tournament. And we knew we would have just totally burnt ourselves out if we decided to fish as hard as we did during the tournament in pre-fishing. Like there was just no way we were going to do that. So I think going into that first day on Tuesday when we dumped in and seeing the weather and all that wind, I think it was a west wind, which if you look at the map, there's not many places to hide on a west wind especially if you're fishing the bigger half of Lake Vermilion, which is where we were going. So it amounted to a lot of driving, pulling up to a rock bar, getting the shit kicked out of us, casting about 10 times, and then going to the next one and not seeing a single fish. And that was basically the extent of Tuesday. Well, I I mean, we, we went to places on Tuesday that we never even thought about fishing Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. I mean, we we ventured up north onto some skinnier water just to get out of the wind and wanted to kind of check it all out. And we were like, well, maybe we can find some active fish up here where we can actually fish. And I mean, that part of the lake was gorgeous. There was minimal cabins up there and minimal boat traffic. And I mean, really, really cool area. And I thought we did end up finding some really good spots that look good. I mean, I'd be curious to know how many boats even went up that way during the tournament because you know it's a haul to get up that way from where we're the the takeoffs were and you know we didn't end up really moving any fish and so tuesday you know it was a little bit of mixed emotions when we got back into the cabin that night because it was like i don't know i mean we just spent some really valuable time pre-fishing and didn't really feel like we did anything to actually advance ourselves to catching a fish on tournament hours because we kind of figured like yeah we're probably not going to get up this way during tournament we just you know our goal is to catch fish pre-fishing this time around just because we were on lake vermilion and you know wanted to wanted to lay our hands on one of those big you know vermilion fish but yeah like it really was kind of a weird mixed emotions on tuesday night because the people we were staying with you know went and pre-fished and they battled in the wind and they they saw some fish and you know Uh, I think one of our housemates, Clayton, actually caught one. So it was like, you know, not really sure how to feel after that. Like we just spent, we might've just burned a half, you know, half a day. Like I said, a valuable time pre-fishing and really didn't do anything slash learn anything. No, I think I kind of agree with that. Like it just felt weird coming in after that day. And and I didn't really know what to think for the next day because I think we saw the weather was just going to be just as windy on Wednesday. And we just had to get out and we we're like, we, it, it started to shift. I think it went to oh, Northwest it Wednesday, to? North, or, Northwest. No, no, no. Thursday was Northwest. Thursday was North. It started to shift to like from West to like North or something on that pre uh, rain storm front coming in. It was doing mm-hmm. some shifting all around, but it was still crazy winds. And, and we just like had to get out there and we had to fish so with that we kind of knew so like we're saying vermilion is mainly rocks but there are weeds there they weren't exactly like super easy to find and i wouldn't consider them lush 
compared to some of the northern Wisconsin lakes that we fish. I mean, it seemed like at this time of year, some of them were getting a little gunky, but we figured to give it a try because we're like, yeah, you know, if you fish, fish the weeds for a little while and you see some fish, like it means there's probably a good amount of them in there. And if you don't, you just kind of put an X on it. So that day we picked up our dad who was staying with our, with our mother for the, a few days just to kind of hang out and see the lake. And, and we hung out with them on, you know, with our, with our dad on the boat on Wednesday and we had dinner with them that night while it was, you know, torrential downpour basically from that storm. And we decided to fish weeds and we did find some good cabbage. And I know we did a few passes and finally Wednesday morning was like our first encounter of a, like the first Minnesota fish we've seen. So Max can touch on that because that followed his bait in. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty crazy. Like when you say that was the first Minnesota fish we've seen, that's, that's a hundred percent accurate. Cause as you touched on in our intro, you know, we tried to fish in the Metro, uh, two Novembers ago with, with Brian, when he was living over here and, and, you know, you drove down and we didn't see a single thing. So Tuesday we go, we blank, we don't see a single thing, not that we fish very much. And then, you know, Wednesday morning we finally get on and we're actually making casts and fishing for more than what felt like 30 seconds in, in a spot and do a few passes and <laughs> in this bucktail that Gus made. And the next thing I know, this freaking just absolute giant just comes out of nowhere and like turns up quick on, on this bucktail I was throwing and like shows its face. And like, I was kind of joking with the people we were saying with later that night, I was like, dude, these, these fish, like these heads are just so massive. Their eyes are like human. Like, I mean, I swear that fish just looked up at me with his left eye and was like, not today, mother. <laughs> <You know? laughs> mm-hmm. And he like did one turn with the bucktail and uh just like slowly paddled away and it was like holy shit i mean we were in five feet of water and weeds this fish was probably pushing 50 inches and it was like welcome to minnesota so yeah we were graced with seeing the ghost fish that vermilion has which is ins- I, I think it's because of that water clarity that they're not getting as as dark and they're staying like super super white almost in the water and it's like creepy because they just you can kind of like see their glowing body coming after your bait into the figure eight and it's just wild but that fish gave us hope that fish gave us hope yeah it was the first like spark of excitement i feel like when we were there and it was cool for our dad to see it too i mean just seeing like a big blonde fish come up in the figure eight and then paddle off super slowly so we were all able to see it and kind of got us kind of got the the energy reinvigorated if you will um, yeah I, w- I was getting worried because you guys were texting me and sending me snapchat videos and it's like i mean they're hardly being able to fish with all the wind and weather and they hadn't seen anything the first two days or first day and i was like they better get on some little pattern to help them out <laughs> on uh, first day so that was good to hear when you moved that yeah that was like uh that was a good that was a good moment like okay all right you know i don't know if we figured anything out but like at least we got to see one. And that was kind of like the goal, you know, after Tuesday was like, all right, tomorrow we're going to see some fish. Like we just kept saying it, like, we're gonna, we're going to figure something out. I don't know if it's going to be good, might be shitty, but like something's going to happen tomorrow. We just kept saying it, like something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. It's only a matter of time. So yeah, that one was a good one to eventually see. 
Um, you know, shortly after that, we kind of got punted off the water with wind. Well, actually, Gus, we should should touch on our uh, a little excursion from uh, where we moved that fish all the way back to our our cabin when the wind kicked up and we re, oh, uh, no, we realized yeah. where we were because we did. You know, the whole thing with pre fishing, it's like you just especially on a new body of water, like you really just want to try to take in as much information as you possibly can. And like, we, we moved this fish, you know, we were in weeds, but like everyone else we were talking to was like moving them on rocks. So we wanted to keep building our roll decks to these rock spots. And so we kept moving more East and more East and more East. And we didn't really realize it. Like you kind of get turned around when you're out there, dude, like you're, you're on this, you know, giant body of water and like, you don't realize how far away you're going. And so we like, you know, all of a sudden, like the wind starts to pick up and the weather starts rolling is like, we got to get back to our cabin. And like, you know, we did hear, you know, from a handful of people, like if weather's rolling in, like get off that lake because it <laughs> rolls in quick and it rolls in bad. And so we're like, all right, we got to get out of here. We start driving back to our cabin and in pretty short order, we realize that we are in for a freaking ride. <laughs> yeah. Let's just, we won't put any names on like where we were, but let's just say we had to go from basically far east, crossed Big Bay, and had to go through what on the map showed, which we talked about a whole bunch with the guys that we're staying with. I know Jeremy Barber was just harping on this. He's like, I've never seen on a map literally say high wind area. And he's like, that that <laughs> is like spot on. Cause when we got to that high wind area, which if people don't have like the map for Lake Vermilion, it's basically as you're coming out, uh, out of uh big Bay going kind of up the, I think Birch point into like Daisy Bay between there and like Comet Island is called high wind area. And that couldn't be more spot on because we were passing <laughs> potato Island and we were just in couple foot rollers and chop. And, Dude, it looked it looked like all three of us just got out of a freaking shower. Like we oh, were sh- soaked. Yeah, we I mean we so we started going and I'm like, oh, it's rough and started to get a little bit, you know, a little wet. And I was just wearing uh, I don't know, my jacket and no bibs. And dad's like, You should put your bibs on. I'm like, nah, I'm already wet. And at the time I didn't I was like you know, I got splashed a few times, but whatever. And I'm like, I'll be fine. Like I'm already, I'm already wet. So it's whatever. And then I should have just put my bibs on. I mean, I ended up just getting soaked down to the underwear, down to the core. It was so bad. It was, we just was got like 15 tossed. minutes straight of just like. Gus, do these rollers compare to uh, our one Green Bay excursion? Not as bad as that. Those were the frequency was way lower. So we were going like way up and then way down on Green Bay. And thank God we had like, you know, a giant boat. Like our boat would have got destroyed out there that day. But here the frequency was a little bit shorter and it was more up and down. And like just I had to zigzag because that wind direction (laughs) wasn't perfect to like go from where we were up to like get back to Shamrock Landing. Like I had to go south and west a little bit and then i go back north west a little bit and then south west a little bit and then cut back north west a little bit and, and it was just i don't know i just staring at the whole lake like have we even moved have we gotten even anywhere closer 
I just kept look. I just kept looking at like Birch Point, being like, "Please get us there eventually, and then it'll get better." Because it was, yeah, it got gnarly out there for a second, and I knew we were kind of in a bad spot when, like, you know, throughout the morning, like we're driving through Big Bay, and like there's probably you know. 20 30 whatever walleye boats and other musky fishermen out there and then like you know the storms rolling in we're driving through big bay and i'm looking around and there isn't a there is not a soul that i can see out there like we're the only boat at this point in time out on big bay and i'm like well we're the idiots because everyone else obviously knew that like when that wind started to kick up it was time to get get the hell out of there and we were kind of tucked back on the east side not realizing what was going out on the main lake and yeah it uh <laughs> it was a fun drive back so that was a little bit of a welcome to vermilion moment for sure so was that was that at the end of the day is that like your last time on the was, water before the tournament started then oh no no no, no, no that no. was just like mid-morning on wednesday tournament oh, didn't start oh, okay. Friday. Yeah, that was just like mid-morning what we just fished for a few hours wednesday morning and we knew there was this storm rolling in. So we're like, let's get up super early Wednesday, you know, and we got out there really early and fish, you know, fish for a few hours Wednesday morning. And then we figured we would just break for when that storm hit. And, um, you know, we actually got back to the cabin and, you know, we, we kind of regrouped, we dried off, we did a change of clothes and like, we looked at the radar. We're like, well, there's no thunder and lightning coming. It's just like heavy rain. We're like, do you want to just like slip out for an hour or two and fish in some downpour and go hit some spots <laughs> close to again? the cabin? And we're like, yeah, <laughs> sure. Why not? Like we'll yeah, do it. So yeah, we, we slipped out for a few hours and fished, um, fish some spots close to home. And that was like the first time we fished like super hard. Like we didn't even really map anything out. Be like, we're like, let's just go catch a fish, man. We got pre-storm Wednesday was new moon. We had a major. So we're like, let's let's just go do it like screw it Mm -hmm. we'll go tuck away and like just go fish and that was like zero tournament prep type fishing we would just we just picked a spot on the map we're like this is going to be a little bit out of the wind let's just go make it happen go out there for like two hours didn't see a freaking thing didn't move a fish yep (laughs) new new moon pre-storm you know like if you could have Brian, like if you could have told me what are your ideal musky fishing conditions to fish in, it was like on and off rain, low clouds, humid, pre-storm during the major on new moon. Money overhead for two hours. (laughs) Nothing. Nothing. Didn't even see a sign of life. No, that was yeah, that I'd, was a little I'd have been tough. very confused if I were in your shoes. <laughs> we, oh yeah. That was a little bit of, during that. Yeah, a little bit of a kick in the nuts for sure. Because, I mean, everyone's saying rocks or fish these reefs, fish this, just go where the buoys are. And, you know, that's all fine and dandy when it comes to the tournament. But, I mean, like, we're just, you know, we had that one fish move, but we're just kind of, like, looking for fish to go back on because it's way better to fish a spot with confidence if you, like, know for a fact there's a fish there rather than I think there's a fish there. And, you know, that's kind of what we had to turn into later into the actual tournament because the wind still was just god all the only time it laid down was actually post storm which when we got out i think we were able to to move another one wednesday night or whoa, wait whoa, do whoa, we... whoa, 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 whoa whoa no max hold on we're waiting we're missing a moved fish uh wednesday morning before we picked up dad i moved one on double tens 
So we right. did have two raised on Wednesday morning. So the spirits were a little bit better. It was one moved in weeds, one moved on rocks. We're like, okay, we kind of are figuring out where they're sitting on these spots and it's making a little bit more sense. Post-storm, you know, the wind laid down and it was like the first time that we could actually fish some of the spots that we had X to fish on the map. So we picked our dad back up Wednesday night and got back out there. And, you know, that was, I think, when we started to actually gain a little bit of confidence. I know, Gus, like, we'll we'll touch on this later on how key this was. But, well, I think it was like our second or third spot of the night. I was throwing a bucktail and uh, about 10 feet out from the boat, the blades on your custom bucktail, which there's a reason why those blades kept dying it was because this thing was insane i mean it just was so clunky and awesome and just like it was two freaking garbage can lids knocking against each other when it was in the water it made so much noise it was insane but it did die out every once in a while and um you know i'm reeling it in and blades die and as they die gus goes i think you just had a, a fish follow you i just saw a flash so we're like okay well we threw a waypoint down and We'll touch on why that was pretty lucky later, but, um, you know, that, that was like another, you know, nice little, okay, we're building the roll decks and that Wednesday night too, you know, kept, kept hitting it hard. We, we fished a few more different, different spots. We were not able to fish during Tuesday and Wednesday morning when the wind kicked up and moved another nice fish on blades off of rocks. And that one was like the first one that actually came in and followed around the figure eight for a few times, Gus. I know you got to see it. Um, mm-hmm. and that's when we're like, okay, Hey, we're, we're building something here. We went from zero fish on Tuesday, really to a few follows on Wednesday <laughs> morning to a fish that actually came into the eight Wednesday night. Yeah, I agree. That helped a ton. I mean, that's where we're like, okay, these spots actually don't suck. And there's actually fish that sit on super shallow rocks and on these little inside cuts and in these chunk rock and boulders and hide behind stuff and it's just started to make a little bit more sense and and it was you know nice to see fish i i don't i it wouldn't like you know going into that tournament just being like hey, we got nothing to go on we fish all these spots never saw fish do we fish them again you know that was always the question it's like we just fished through a spot didn't see a thing it's like did we like it that like actually looked good. I know there's a few spots where we're like, eh, and then a few spots where we're like, that's it's got to have a muskie, like it just has to, they have to be there. And I know so, there's uh, one that we kept saying the whole weekend and we n- still never saw a fish on, which is a huge bummer. But dark fin, how much of your pre fishing for this tournament, like it, it, you know, in Madison, you guys like just blatantly pull the baits out of fish's mouth to try and save them for the tournament. Were you guys kind of more in like the mindset that, you know, it's a treat to be up a vermilion and you're just going to try and catch whatever fish you can catch, you know, even if it's some pre-fishing or how'd you handle that? Yeah, dude, I, the, the rod in hand that whole week, I was ready to just absolutely yam a fish. The first thing that hit my bait <laughs> and I didn't even get touched in the pre-fishing. That was, it was dead opposite. There was none of that pull the baits mumbo jumbo that I was talking about in Madison that of course, you know, worked in the end there, but here it's like Max saying, it's just like a vacation. We've never been to Vermilion and we know it's land of giants. There ain't no way pulling up the bait out of a 48, 50 
plus whatever. Oh, no, no, out. not that Zero size. Shot. But if you, if you had like a 36 coming down in, are you still cracking its head? Uh, I think so, honestly. Yes. <laughs> there, dude, there was never, never there caught was... a leecher. 5,000 spots to fish it felt like it just it felt it felt like they were all were reloading spots it didn't matter like catch a fish build the confidence and also I do want to I mean if, if for anyone who's very confused about shark fin hoo-ha-ha that was a that was the spot that we we found that we just like loved so much it had this rock that stuck up on this reef that looked like a shark fin so every <laughs> time we'd fish it we'd come in and just start yelling shark fin hoo-ha-ha they're <laughs> like there is like seven sure times yeah like there's for sure a giant here we fished it in the tournament so many times and like literally <laughs> i think it was just because the rock looked like a shark fin there was no other reason <laughs> seriously we did it it looked it looked good it had so many inside turns there were loons on it diving and and picking a bait on top of it like it 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 still baffles me we didn't at least pull one off of it to see it in the yeah. eight which is crazy. Yeah, if we you go know, back I, to Vermilion, we're we're fishing that spot another seven times until I catch a fish off. I mean, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, the wind was pounding on it all week. It's like this three hundred yard finger rock reef that's like a finger off of the mainland. Like, I mean, surrounded by like nice deep water. I mean, it just like it, everything about it looked so good. But yeah, like Gus said, just just never saw any signs of life on it besides the loons just nope, paddling nothing. around on it but uh i think that kind of ends wednesday i don't think we decided to want to go out night fishing at all because we heard like if you move fish just go fish at night and you'll most likely catch them or at least run into a fish that'll actually want to eat and I, I i don't know if we were just like beat up that night or there's like mosquitoes or if it was still windy you had to do I feel the like pod. it was a still wind it was still windy right you had to do the pod too. We were tired. Oh yeah. yeah, we were exhausted. I still had to edit the podcast to go out Thursday morning. That's right with with Alex McLean interview and yeah, that put a damper on things. I I just couldn't get it edited in time before the trip. So that was a bummer. But nonetheless, being out in Vermilion with no moon and it was still windy that night. I remember would have been slightly sketchy running the boat. I would have to think we probably would have ran into a rock or two potentially if I'd like stopped paying attention for like 30 seconds, but yeah, they came out of nowhere on you. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, that trolling water took a little bit of a beating. Good thing. You know, <laughs> the lower unit, nothing happened to it. Didn't, didn't touch a thing, but the trolling motor had to be, uh, uh, pulled out of the water a few times, running up onto some spots, getting unsnagged. You know, we found that out pretty quickly. It's like we're getting snagged and getting frustrated. And then we talk to other people and they're like, oh, yeah, I get snagged all the time. Like, that's just like what you do here. You just cast that shallow or you get snagged all the time. Yeah, Brian, you, you would have freaked out, man. We were literally throwing up into like three inches of water most of the time. That's a very smart decision. That's where they're at. <laughs> uh like literally we were like looking at rocks and being like fish would sit there and you know you'd try to like i mean it was like flipping bass baits and trying to pinpoint your cast and make like yeah. really good accurate cast i think that was probably the biggest frustrating point with the wind was like it was just so hard i mean gus did a really good job at keeping the boat in good position but it was so hard for two guys to make more than like five six seven casts in a row into good spots 
because it was just so windy. I mean, it was just, it was, we were getting the shit kicked out of us anytime we tried to fish a spot that we wanted to. So I got a question for you guys listening to you describe this lake and how like everywhere you look looks like a money spot. Um, would you say it's because for me, when I, when I hear you say that, I think of chip off flowage and would you say it's like that on steroids? I mean, it's obviously what twice the size. I think it's around the same, honestly. Oh, are they? Yeah. Is it? Let me wait. Let me look up Chippewa. I th- was Chippewa like thirty some thousand? I don't I mean, know. It's For some reason, I was thinking different. like twenty, but it's or is it maybe like twenty five or twenty six? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not as big, but but is that, is that kind of the feel? Because I remember on, when we went out on the Chippewa footage, like you know, kind of on accident that <laughs> one afternoon. Yeah. Um, I mean, we just were distracted by every little spot. Didn't oh end wow. up seeing a fish, but. We're way off. Chippewa flowage is only fifteen thousand. Fifteen, yeah. Okay, yeah, we're way, way off. Don't don't listen to anything we ever say. Um, <laughs> it's really stupid and dumb. <laughs> yeah, Brian, that's like spot on. Yeah, you nailed it on the head. It like if you if you drove, you know, from one spot to another, you were passing six other spots that you were like, we should fish that. that the whole, I mean, me the whole nuts. time. Yeah, it was. It literally was. It was. It was sensory sensory overload where you're just like i want to fish that i want to fish that i want to fish that i mean we mapped out spots on thursday because thursday was the worst day of the wind i mean i don't know we can probably just retire wednesday here move on to thursday thursday was the day where the wind was the worst it was blowing so hard from the north like we i woke up at like 6 a.m and jeremy the guy we were one of the guys we were staying with too woke up we looked outside and it was just like you know you can edit this out but it's like that we're not going out. It was so <laughs> brutal out. Like, I mean, it was just gnarly at like six, seven a.m. Where like you couldn't even launch your boat because you're going to be taking on you know water right away. I mean, it was just it was gnarly out there. So we like slept in. We we were easy and we were kind of easing into the day. Um, we knew we had registration that night at like three, four o'clock. We we're like, well, you know, we have some stuff to go off of today. Is kind of a mapping day, but like we mapped you know, a bunch of spots that on Thursday that we didn't even get to during the tournament to fish. And all of them looked amazing. Like if I went back there, there were probably three or four spots that we marked out on Thursday that I would say are like must fish spots, like things that didn't even show up on our lake chip, not on the map where you'd all of a sudden run up on it. You'd be in like 27 feet of water. You run up on this like seven foot perfect rock bar with like chunk rock everywhere you know, drops off on one side, there's a saddle and then it comes back up again. And you're like, man, this spot looks insane. And we just never even got to it during the tournament. Cause it's like, you just can't, there's too many spots to fish. So, you know, it's, it was just one of those things where like, it was hard. I think it was almost the hardest tournament, um, to like really try to, you know, draw up a game plan. I'm like, okay, we're going to go here. Then we're going to go there. Then we're going to go here. Cause like, you know, it's just, it was just, yeah, it was just crazy. <laughs> it would, I've never fished a lake like that. And I've never, you know, I've never been to Canada. A lot of people kept saying it like they reminded of them Canada. Like, you know, people that have been to Canada that haven't been to Lake Vermilion, they did say like, okay, this is similar ish to Canada. So it was just a different experience for us. All right. So you guys got, you know, a bunch of spots while you guys were just mapping the lake around uh, during the high winds. Did you, end up casting at all or uh fishing a little bit before registration uh yeah, a, a little bit i mean we 
we we try to tuck away and kind of do that thing and then i think we both kind of had this conversation like this isn't like a good game plan like you know let's kind of talk about tomorrow and also maybe just kind of drive around and like enjoy ourselves a little bit because i think at this point we were a little bit frustrated with the weather like we we had such you know anticipation to fish for a million and at this point on thursday like we're on day three now and like we've had a few hours to like legitimately fish and so we you know we had the interview with alex mclean last week and you know he touched on the open water stuff and like we've heard a lot about that on lake vermilion so we kind of wanted to see what the buzz was about we did have this one area pegged as like a potential open water fishing spot and so we kind of meandered our way out there and we dropped the live scope in just to see what was going on and yeah first 25 minutes of having the live scope in i think we marked four muskies (laughs) yeah it was just paddling around out in open water we're like oh they're here (laughs) yeah look at that Uh uh-oh like we saw that we're like is this good or bad yeah (laughs) how many are out here and like is it more out here than on rocks or are they just out here to recover from the wind honestly because we heard a little bit about if the wind gets like really bad on spots that these fish will not sit up shallow because they'll get absolutely pounded and like they'll look like they just got done spawning like they get hit by rocks so much so like they'll like push out and i don't know so we have no prior knowledge of like okay there's a wind pounding on spot you know if this spot gets pounded by the wind really badly we're gonna fish the eddy side or we're gonna fish a cast length off on the windy side because they pushed out deep. Like we don't know any of this stuff. Like we don't know like how these vermilion fish act. We just stumbled onto some in open water. We're like, Oh, they're here. And we took casts at them and they just weren't even budging on a bait. The one, the, the craziest thing that I saw that, that day when we were doing that, it's like the, the so there's one fish in particular that we saw. It was like, 20 feet from the boat, 30 feet from the boat. And then it turns around and we're just watching it on live scope. Or at this point, we're not even casting at it because we're just like, whatever, you know, it's not going to eat. And we're not like, we also too, we couldn't even do it effectively. Like the wind was so bad. We couldn't keep the boat positioned well enough to even try oh, to target no. these open water fish. I mean, it was impossible. Zero. So like we got the live scope in and we're just looking at this fish. It turns around and it just paddles directly underneath the boat like 10 feet down and when it got into like the full scope we're looking at like the you know the, the live scope's got the the feet increments we're looking at this fish pedal underneath the bow we're like you know and we've seen enough fish on live scope now to kind of know we're just like that's a freaking giant fish <laughs> like holy super banning like literally <laughs> it was like zero to zero. ten feet <laughs> It's like taking up the whole freaking yeah. thing. <laughs> you know, it's like because they like illuminate on live scope a little bit. So I literally think we're like, that's hitting the 10 foot mark. <laughs> you know, <laughs> got a 10 footer under the boat. <laughs> it is a big fish. So yeah, that was a little bit weird to see. And I mean, really, that kind of like sent us into registration and then the tournament. I mean, I know we had a little bit of hopes to fish Thursday night, but like we we weren't able to with the the rules and stuff for this tournament at which we found out at registration so like we went to registration we ate some food stayed up probably a little bit too late thursday night and you know sent it into friday morning but i also want to touch on like the people we stayed with were awesome we we ended up 
um, being in the cabin with Jeremy and Trevor Barber, uh, who I'm sure we'll we'll talk about later. But they ended up taking tenth place to uh, you know another top ten for them. They're awesome. We fished. Uh, we stayed with uh, Clayton and Clayton Spees and Nick Amros, uh, who were great. And then Nicole Lynn Outdoors, who um, you know if you don't follow her, toss her a follow. She was awesome, and Amanda too from uh, Chippewa Flowage. So we had a great crew staying with us for the tournament and that was also super helpful to kind of talk about what they were doing and you know obviously everyone was being respectful of what they were doing but at the same time like we were definitely you know chopping it up about how everyone's day was you know at the end of each day so that was that was great i think that added a really fun element to the whole the whole week yeah i mean that pretty much filled in any gaps what we're talking about right now we're just talking about pre-fishing but but the gaps were all filled up filled with the camaraderie of staying at all at one cabin, just shooting the shit. Like Max said, we're not, we're not giving up spots, but we're just kind of like talking about how the day went, talking about what we're doing, kind of, you know, just having everybody feel ready. Cause like none of, we all, we're all good friends. So like none of us want the other person to like go down and like, you know, it, it is a tournament, but it's like, we want everyone to succeed as much as the, as much as the other person does. So, and I think that, just makes it all the more fun. And so Max and I dial up a game plan for Friday morning because this tournament's a Friday, Saturday tournament because of Minnesota regulations with tournaments. You can't have back-to-back weekend days. So we got our game plan. I think of like, we're going to go back on that one big fish we moved for this amount of time. And then we're going to go this way and we have one, two, three, four spots we're going to hit. If one's taken, that's all right. We have our B spots. And then from there, you know, that's where the plan kind of ended. And we'll definitely talk about it. I know that in the end, one of the teams that did place in the top 10, I was listening to their interview on Saturday and they were talking about how one of the fish that they caught, they literally were looking at a map or like looking visually. They're like, that looks good. Let's go fish it. And that's how they caught a fish. So like we knew that it was going to come to that. We knew that in pre-fishing when we weren't able to fish some of that water that was getting pounded by the wind like too much. We knew that we were going to fish a lot of spots in the tournament for the absolute first time. So, I mean, we, we just kind of knew that it was, it kind of stunk. We just had to go in with the mindset like, all right, let's act like we've seen a fish on the spot to give us the confidence to fish it, even though the boat might just accidentally push up into five feet of water and we might just blow the spot over. Like, who knows, you know, like we just don't know because we've never been able to drive on some of these spots. But uh, anyways, Friday morning hits and that's when kind of the nerve set in and we're like, all right, we have what we have. This is what we got to work with. We're going to go to our first spot and we're going to give it X amount of time and just go from there. And it took, uh, I don't know. I looked at back at the timestamp and at seven 30, which was probably 20, 15 ish minutes into actual fishing, just because of, you know, launching, not exactly at seven. Cause we were both 32 and then driving to the spot and we're fishing around the big fish waypoint of, of like about a four footer that max raised. And, you know, I was tossing a big O spinner bait by, Owen from the Musky Hunks podcast. Shout out Owen. Shout out Owen. Shout out. Shout out. 
So his bucktails and spinner baits are dope. I decided to throw that on after I think a double 10 wasn't really just cutting it for me. I just wasn't feeling it. I'm like spinner bait and weeds, spinner bait and weeds. Everyone talks about it. Like I, I just got to do it more. So I do it and I look back at the footage. I literally just tie, I, I put it on. I take one cast out. I start reeling it in at a pretty good pace and had tension, set the hook. Didn't really like feel like much of a hit. 43 inch pike right on the waypoint of the big musky. Max <laughs> and I look at each other. We're like, what? What just happened? It, didn't the same sort of thing happen <laughs> in Madison? You caught like a 40 inch pike down there, didn't you? Yep. Oh, Max yeah. caught a 40 inch bike on a on an IC9 bucktail <laughs> in a spot right where we saw a very large fish porpoise. And that 40 inch pike ended up coming from a spot where our like, you know, top 10 placing fish came from. Like we moved into that spot where that big pike came from and that's where the muskie came from. And that's given us confidence. Like, like after, after we got that 43 inch pike in the bag here at Vermilion on day one, we're like, okay, big pike hang out by big muskie, like big predator spots are there for a reason. If we caught a dink pike, I'd be like, man, I don't know. I think they moved out of these, out of these weeds, but you know, I would, would you say that the stoke level was not very high, Max, even though that was my PB pike? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, when you think you have a four-footer on and it's staying down, you're like, it's staying down, it's staying down. It's, it's getting, you got being like, it's getting heavier, it's getting heavier, it's getting heavier. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's staying that's what's down. And uh, when it went broadside, I think both of us were just like, oh, no no way what yeah, is you, that you, you definitely appreciate that fish a lot more if you were just out fishing for fun on any other weekend but <laughs> kind yeah. of ruins it that you caught it during a tournament because like you you know you kept you probably had the big fish shakes and you're like Fuck. like that doesn't help us in this tournament <laughs> <laughs> no, i was sitting i was sitting there with the net and i was like literally my knees were like weak <laughs> i was like okay here it is it's happening is the, in the one. first 15 minutes like are you kidding me like do we have a clover in our ass? I don't know what's going on. Like, what what just happened? Like, mm-hmm. his rod was completely loaded. This thing was clearly fighting hard. It was not like a 20. It, you know, we're used to like, okay, if you set the hook into a pike, like uh, absent absent Madison with the 4D inch here that we thought was a muskie. The 99% of, you know, my life, other than that, it's like when you have a pike, it's like, you know, it's a pike. And, um, it was staying down. It was fighting. And when it went broadside, like seven, 10 feet from the boat, both of us were just like, no way. This is like my, my heart sank. And I was almost like, I almost just like dropped the rod. Like, whatever. Like, no. And then all of a sudden I realized I'm like, dad, that's a huge pike. Like, let's, like, just let's net it. Net. Let's, get let's net it. Let's net it. Let's net it. You know, we gotta, we gotta get the first fish on the big O spinner bait. You know, it's just, it felt, felt right. You know? Cause I have been, I've been trying them out and I think I use them a little bit pre-fishing, but that was the first fish for us to hit the bag. I mean, in pre-fishing, we didn't even catch a pike and we heard that there's a decent bit out there and you know, there's some big ones and we found that out firsthand, but that was the first fish we actually finally landed at Lake Vermilion. And of course, yeah. you know, pike during tournament hours, trophy PB pike. And uh, I didn't really know what to think. I think we stuck in that area a little bit longer because right away when it hit the bag, I'm like, big pike will stay by big muskie. It's just a big predator spot. But it didn't 
it didn't uh turn out very well and we just decided to kind of cut our time short there and peace out to the next spot and go hit a little bit more of a milk run rock bar rock spots that we had mapped out and so really like after that you know like that happens and then you know we're, we're fishing friday morning and like whatever could go wrong kind of started to go wrong and like when you when you're fishing in a tournament like you can kind of feel the you know it's like any sporting event and you know not to be like that guy but it's like the momentum kind of thing is it's a it's a real thing so it's like you know like the the confidence is one thing but then also the energy like you're you know you're feeling good you're excited you know like things are going well or like you feel like a fish is about to hit you know like in madison and in eagle river last year like when we started to feel like we were on fish it was like okay it's just a matter of time it's a matter of time you know like let's just stick to it and grind out a fish where here it's like, man, stuff started to slip away from us really quickly. Like we were getting snags. I birds nested like, you know, multiple times, like we're casting into wind, like things were just like, nice cast, not Max. going. Yeah. Nice cast Max. Like things were <laughs> yeah. not going well, man. Like we'd get up onto a spot. We'd be like, there's a fish sitting right there. Gus would take a cast, two cranks in snag. We'd snag. run up on oh, the yeah. spot and be like, well shit we just blew up this spot and so like just like i could kind of feel like gus getting frustrated we really weren't talking to each other a whole lot like like it was pretty quiet that morning after the pike it just didn't really feel like things were like gonna really shake our way that day if that makes any sense like early in the day if if anyone else that's listening to this is like felt that way musky fishing it's it's just like a feeling in yourself i mean we're we were fishing i don't know about you max but personally that first day of vermilion just because we knew what we had to do i'd never fished that hard since madison like this whole summer i mean i've fished a lot you know and i've caught some fish and had some fun but i mean like getting down and getting to work and just like casting figure eight cast figure eight cast figure eight cast take a sip of water cast cast like like literally you we were not taking we didn't breaks. we was, didn't eat we didn't we barely eat. We didn't drink it's just I, we were just going hardcore literally like we we're being very hardcore i mean we i mean we have fun in tournaments and we like to take it seriously too though but like we were we were it casting almost, a lot it almost night. felt like we were like too tense friday morning like things were mm-hmm. like we was like all this you know it's like dumb pressure like it doesn't really at the end grand scheme of things like it is you know it's not a huge deal but like it was you know was us like we we wanted to catch a fish we wanted to stay as the top gun team of the year like we knew that it was going to be really hard to catch the fish on vermilion after really not having much pre-fishing and so like when things started to kind of go south friday morning like we were three and a half hours in didn't see a fish you know, snag after snag, the wind started to kick up and we we're kind of like, oh man, like <laughs> something's gotta, did it, something's did gotta go. Like, did it ever cross your mind that then, like, as you're kind of getting down bad and just like, you know, casting repetitively to maybe push back out and check out those areas where you did live scope them out deep? You know, that's still honestly never crossed our mind. It, it never crossed my mind actually until Saturday when we were like, kind of searching for a fish to take you know hopefully 
higher in the leaderboard or something when we were like struggling on Saturday, but on Friday when, you know, Max is hitting it spot on, we were just not exactly in a good place. And I think the spot before we went to go where Max ultimately caught his fish, we were out of the wind and we fished a few spots in the wind and it was picking up. And I don't know. I don't remember who said it. I it's just musky blackout, but I remember somebody saying like, we got to go fish the wind. Like we just have to every, all of our friends are fishing the wind. We know that like we watch them drive and disappear. We're like, Holy shit. They're just going to fish the wind. Like they're getting out there. And like we had, and then I just look at the map and we're like, that's getting windblown. That's getting windblown. We got to go hit them. And I think we hit one and then went to the spot where you caught it and like in wind or maybe vice versa. I can't remember, but we went to the spot and we're like, there's just going to be a fish here today. Like finally there's wind. Let's just do it. Let's just get our bucktails up shallow, burn them back. Let's do it the Minnesota way and just bag a fish. And it still was in that realm of, of everything going wrong because we ended up just fishing down this, this like, you know, shoreline of gravel and rock or sand. And honestly, I didn't exactly know. I just kind of was looking at the, it was smaller rock, I guess I could say. And, and this boat, like the big dock boats that are really long, just comes plowing in. We're like, no, there's, there's no, is he? No, he's not. Oh, oh, he is. Yeah. He's going (laughs) right in front of us. I mean, we're fishing down and he he's like we see him eyeball this dock and we're like that dock's one dock in front of us like he's gonna go there right now and instead of waiting maybe 45 seconds to go behind us he just cut us off like a cast length in front of us doing the old party wave you know the wave that just makes our boat go way up and then way down and we're like you gotta be shitting me like I'm I'm not going to yell at this guy, but like it's taken a lot from me to like, not just be like, dude, like I wanted to yell really his boat. Yeah. Or just that uh, Chuck a cast that, you know, right behind. Him yeah. But like, that, give him that the guy, stare. he broke the tension because when he cut us off, we both just started cracking up. Yeah. We oh, were yeah. like, dude, we were like, we're not even mad. Like, this is just, this is what it is at this point. Like he, and not to mention, like, this wasn't a random shoreline. This is where my bucktail bucktail stalled out, and we saw the flash of a fish. And he drove within 15, 20 feet of that waypoint. Not 20 feet, but he drove within very close proximity to that waypoint. And we're like, of course, we're waiting this whole shoreline to get to the waypoint. And this dude cuts us off right before we're about to get where we think we marked this fish. And so we just start laughing. I'm like, dude, it like Gus, it might just be one of those days, man. Like we just start laughing. Like this just might be what it is. Like we got to, you know, figure out. And so like, we just kind of start chuckling about it. We're like, all right, you know, screw this. Like we're done being pissy at ourselves. We're done like not talking and not being ourselves. Like we just, we were just like way too stone faced for those first few hours. And I mean, Gus, you can take it from here, but like, I'd be curious to hear your point of view, but I mean, it was not too, too long after that boat cut us off that Mm -hmm. things all turned around. No. Yeah. We're talking. I mean, we went to that spot 10 something AM and by 1120, I got the timestamp on my phone of, of your big fish and 
you were casting that bucktail that actually stalled out, but it also was the one that moved the big fish, another big fish. And you just, you just had it on, you happened to have it on and it was, it was made by yours truly. That thing grinds like a some bitch. I don't know if I'm going to say the exact combo of that and like what the I prototype. use in that Because exactly, Brian, I was getting there. That is a Suggs custom <laughs> prototype that uh, got us the top 10. Shameless. <laughs> you shameless some bitch. Shameless <laughs> plugging. Oh, no. I used the P word. I heard from a little, wow. little little birdie that they caught you uh, post-tournament signing one of the blades in the bucktail, too. I don't know. <laughs> no, not, there's only one in the making, and I'm actually <laughs> going to be remaking it so that it doesn't just stop spinning randomly. I'm figuring out what it needs to do. It might have been somehow. a lucky ticket. I Honestly, I it could have been. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't touch it, and I should just make another one how I think it should be made and see what it, what happens. But anyways... Max is throwing that bucktail in the front of the boat and we get to pretty much like that waypoint and we're still chuckling about the guy cutting us off. We're a little better spirits just cause like, we're like, I don't know what to do anymore. Like whatever. And just close to the boat, maybe 20 feet. You just get the classic, you know, got one or fish, fish, I think fish. Fish. Yeah, fish, fish, fish. Yeah. I heard that. And I, Luckily, it was just like just about to go into the first turn of my eight, and I heard that, and I just ride up, ride back down, grab the net. I mean, I grabbed that net before that fish took three head shakes. I mean, I was just ready. I I stood up to that front deck, and I watched you take that fish um, across the trolling motor. So we're casting off off the left side of the boat if you're facing the front, and and you set up into the right hard. You know, looking back at the footage, big set. That fish crushed it. Uh, you can touch on that, Max, but you 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 pulled it around the trolling motor to the right. That thing started kind of, you know, as a big fish does, thrashing and like shooting forward. And I got the I'm I got the net ready. I'm like, I have it in proximity of this fish. And I'm thinking, like, okay, this thing is shaking on the surface. It's really sketchy. It's about to dig. And all I hear from Max is net it, net it, net it, net it, net it, net it. And I'm like, I, I think. I, you might even, I, I don't think I can even hear it. And I, I think I said, what? Like, as I'm putting it in the water, I'm like, what, where is it? And I just stick it in the water. And this thing from like, Austin just like comes back to shake its head again and literally basically leaps into the net and perfectly like just folds itself down in the net. And as I'm doing, I'm like a monkey man up there. I got one leg way up on the gunnel. I'm like down low <laughs> reaching as far as I, I'm like, in the front ish part of the, you know, I'm in, I'm, I'm on the deck, but I'm like reaching back more as that fish is like, go keep, it keeps going around the boat clockwise and I'm reaching back and it just jumps in and we both yell at the same time, just start screaming. Cause I knew we, we weren't in a spot where there was other people and I'm just like, screw it. We're screaming. Like Max, did, did <laughs> we get a fish? Just it got us. Did we you know, one of your patented uh, schoolgirl screams? School. <laughs> I'd have to look back at the footage, but I know I yelled <laughs> pretty freaking loud. Like I, I dude, the adrenaline was second to none. I mean, <laughs> that that fish crushed me so goddamn hard. I told Gus, I'm like, I'm scared for that to happen again. Like I, it caught me <laughs> off guard. I mean, you can 
I got a video of the footage last night and like it was kind of what I remembered. I mean, I looked down to my left and I think I was talking to Gus. I looked down to my left and as I looked down to my left, all of a sudden I just feel like almost my entire rod like jolt out of my hand. Like it hit, I don't know how it hit, but it hit so freaking hard. And it took me by surprise because again, we've been here now for four days. I haven't set a hook yet. And it was like the first time all of a sudden something just like hit and happened, you know, and I I totally blacked out. I mean, I, I really did. I a fish hit and the second it, the second it got hooks into it, it came up surface, started head shaking like crazy. And my only thought was like, I'm just reeling down on this fish as hard as I possibly can to keep it pinned. Like I will free spool it if it gets to the boat and starts to make runs. But like, this thing is mine. I'm getting into the net as fast as I can. You know, we have these new, <laughs> these new, uh, Tranks 500 reels and the the nine foot uh, Saint Croix shout out Saint Croix and shout out um, Saint Croix shout out shout out and uh, and like I just tried to horse it at first and I figured like okay well if I can get it if I can get it now like we will and if I felt comfortable enough like I will yell net but I I was ready to play it out but the way it came around the trolling motor like it it did all of its head shakes early. It, it made a little bit of a run by the front of the boat. And when it came around, it was like swimming towards the net, like perfectly. Gus was in the perfect position. It was swimming towards the net. And I just, the second I started to lift up, I just started screaming net. I was like, net it now, now, now. And I just tried to remember, like, I'm just going to horse this thing. And it, we ended up netting it so green. I mean, when this thing hit the net, like there's this awesome picture that, probably even gonna frame and remember forever of like the fish hitting the net mouth wide open gus screaming mouth wide open me with the rod screaming mouth wide open <laughs> the fish with the bucktail in its mouth in the net mouth yeah. wide open yeah it just like hilarious picture and it hit the net it, it was it was going crazy when it hit the net because we netted it so green i mean we just wanted it in if Gus wouldn't net, netted it there, it was hooked well enough. I think we ended up could have probably played it out and, and still got it in. But like, I mean, dude, when, when it's tournament time, like you just like, you're, you almost don't like, I told Gus, I'm like, I almost didn't want to be the person to, to have that happen to. Cause like, man, oh man, is that just like a, a crazy spot to be in where like, I knew the fish was big and like those Minnesota fish, those heads on those things are massive. And like the weight on that fish was huge. So like when it came up and shook, all I saw was the head and the first little bit of its stomach. Like, I mean, I don't know what I was thinking, but I knew it was the biggest fish. You know, I like, I, it was, I knew it was just like a massive fish. I mean, obviously it wasn't one of those like vermilion 54, 55s, but like at the time, I didn't know if it was or if it wasn't. I had no clue. You know, it just, do, I knew it was. Do you huge. think, uh, you know, in these PMTTs, do you think you feel more pressure, you know, having a fish on the end of your line as opposed to being the net man? Or like, which one makes you a little bit more <laughs> unsettled when it's all going down? That's a great question because like it's, it's Gus's career doing the guiding thing. And I know like, the PMTT, like, obviously it means a lot to me and everything. And I, I really enjoy all this, but like, it, it, you know, I have a job Monday through Friday and like, 
the PMTT and doing well, it's like that, that helps out Gus a lot more than it helps out me working in commercial real estate. Like I, <laughs> I go to work on Monday and no one gives a shit whether I caught a fish or I didn't, <laughs> you know? And so like, it's more personal for me, but it like, yeah, it is a lot of pressure, you know, in a good way. Like it's not a bad thing, but it is a lot of pressure. Like when I'm the one that finally has that big fish on the end of my line and I didn't process it at the time, but after the fact, like that was a, that was a big deal for this whole, you know, season long standings and, and everything like that. Like it, it was a, it was a big fish, not, you know, also in size, but in like status of just getting one to go in the PMTT at Lake Vermilion and it it being, you know, (laughs) I mean, it just, yeah, it was like, if I felt it, like I told Gus, like when that fish hit my heart, literally jumped up into my throat because i was like man it just happened like it did just it did like it's it's happening right now and i need to figure out a way to get this thing in the net and so yeah it was um you know it was a shit show of a process like normal and i was just happy it all worked out i mean there's a million different ways that that thing could have gone wrong and i think at the end of the day like when you're fishing in tournaments stuff can go bad and you know, people that are there, everyone you talk to saw and caught or hooked, you know, big fish, like at one point in time during the tournament. So it's just, you know, there's a lot of element of luck on that front. Like, you know, when a big fish hits, it's not every time as we'll talk about later that that thing gets into the net. And so pretty special moment. I mean, really cool catching a four footer plus in a PMTT and, uh, yeah, just um, definitely a moment I will not not forget for sure. Yeah, man, there's not that many people that can say that, and you've been in just a just a handful already. So that was incredible. That fish was beautiful. That was the first leech laker. I mean, I think I, I don't know. Just Vermilion's got leechers, right? Is that like the thing? I, I mean, I think we're I think I we're talking so, about yeah. Yeah, we we didn't exactly know, but you know, correct us if we're wrong. But a first leecher, first Minnesota strain fish to ever grace our net, and it happened at just the right moment when everything was going wrong. It just it was it might it might have been luck. I don't know. Like, was it the fact that the blade stopped spinning by the grace of God during pre fishing, and so that fish turned away? I mean, when I saw that flash and boil, I'm like, that fish was hot. Like it could have come into the eight and you could have caught it pre-fishing would have been awesome. We would have been like, hell yeah, dude, that's freaking awesome fish. Like we got, we're on a pattern and we wouldn't have caught it during the tournament. Right. I know. I, I think back on that and it's like everyone that fishes the PMTT is so good that like there, there is an element of luck. And I think you got to recognize that, that it's like, yes, we're, we're doing good things and we're fishing really hard, but at the end of the day, like it's musky fishing and there is a huge part of luck that goes into it, especially when you're fishing in a tournament and you're limited by tournament hours and other anglers out on that water that are trying to fish really good spots. Everyone has spots that aren't on the map. You know, you go to your first spot, like we went to the first spot on Friday morning, thinking that we were going to be the only boat in the tournament that fished weeds. Guess what? Two other boats rolled in there. You know, those Mm -hmm. are things you just can't plan for. Like there's a chance that those two other boats that morning probably moved that same fish I did, 
you know? So it's just like, there is a total element of luck that we definitely have to recognize. I mean, yeah, we're, we're fishing really hard, but so is everyone else. And like, you know, we stayed with, with people that hooked and lost giant fish. I mean, Clayton on Friday, you know, if you're listening to this, I, I sorry to bring it up and whatever, but like <laughs> he was, they were on fish. They, I mean, they could have won that tournament, yep. you know, had things gone differently. They hooked three fish on Friday and saw f- a handful of others. You know, we did it. <laughs> we, we were barely we, seeing anything. We were getting like no feedback, basically. I mean, besides whole... until the end of the end of Friday, when we moved a bunch of fish, like up until that point, that was the only fish we saw. And we got one bite and we caught it. And there's absolutely elements of luck to that. I mean, we netted that fish. Mm-hmm. If we were fishing for fun, no way, chance, no chance in hell we we're netting that fish when we did. Nope, zero chance. No. That fish hit twenty feet out. You wrapped around the trolling motor. It went nine feet and it was in the net. That fish swam a total of like thirty to thirty-five feet and it was in the net. Couple seconds, ten. Yeah, I mean, I'm fight. I'm not even I'm know. not even calling for the net on a normal day of fishing. You no, know? you're just you're ready to you know load the rod and and free spool and enjoy the fight not that you didn't enjoy that fight you probably don't <laughs> even remember it but i don't yeah no i mean you couldn't I, even remember where we netted it <laughs> you were yeah you kept asking that i'm like wait seriously the net is on this side of the boat so that would mean we netted it on this side of the boat it's like i thought it's yeah. like wait a second <laughs> you are loopy yeah but i was it was it was cool man uh it was it was a special moment that that picture is going to be the the uh the instagram post of this podcast our our poster board of that fish hitting the bag fish mouth open my mouth open max mouth open everyone's screaming i mean the fish is (laughs) more pissed than we are obviously we're not pissed at all but that fish is like damn it i got fooled by a freaking bucktail again yeah, <laughs> are you kidding me? God, that one that, I doubt one that looked clunk, like clunk, that. Clunk. Yeah, the ones that just go clunk clunk. Yeah, that thing is nuts. But yeah, I think I'll just quick touch on what you were talking about before about like I think Brian asked the question: Who feels more pressure, the net man or the guy with the fish on the end of the line? And I, a- after doing some of these tournaments, I think. Honestly, I think it's just still always got to be the person with the fish on, I think. I mean, if if something I, goes wrong, obviously, like, the net man's going to feel very guilty or, like, the person. But, the like, you're holding the chance, you know? Like, you're, you're moving that fish where you need it to go or where you shouldn't take it to go. And that, you know, that's those are the first seconds – of making a mistake or not pretty much. So I think it's I, the person with the fish. I mean, every time that I've hooked one in the tournament, I'm shaking a lot more than netting the fish there. I didn't have time to shake. I barely got to see that fish do its thing with the head. I was looking for the net. And by the time I got back up, I turned to the right and you're telling me to net it. And it was in the net. I didn't have a time to shake. All I could do is just scream and, and be just, utterly happy and relieved that we just oh we we didn't have to go into day two being like that stupid mentality of like we need a fish like 
we have to get a fish and i don't i don't like that you know i do just enjoy fishing for fun and that's it's just it all turned around that fish was a, a huge turning point in just everything the whole season that week it was just it was awesome i don't i don't know what else to add there that was the highlight by far of the whole weekend yeah, I, I would agree with what Gus said. Like, there's definitely, you know, when you're the one fighting the fish, like, there's a lot of things you can fuck up. There's, you know, a lot of ways you can try and prevent the hooks coming out, and there's a lot of pressure on you. But, you know, if I were in Max's shoes fishing in, you know, a big tournament like the PMTT, and Gus has, you know, what he's, like, yelling, you know, big fish, big fish, and now I got to make sure I don't ruin this net job. And, uh, you know, because I, I, I obviously – it means a lot. Like when I have fish with Gus in tournaments, it means a lot, you know, to me just to be, I'm competitive. It's the same with Max. He's competitive. Like he wants to play well in these tournaments, but there's like added pressure that like, you know, it means more for Gus and you don't want to be the guy who botches the <laughs> net job. And like, like Gus said, if it's like a quick, you know, it hits both side and like that thing presents an opportunity to be netted right away, you probably don't have time to like get nervous and worry about technique really. But like, I mean, my big fish from, you know, earlier this summer, like, we that hit way out in the cast so you're sitting there with the net in your hands for like you know a good minute and a lot of stuff might race through your head especially in a tournament and you get the shaky hands and <laughs> you don't want to be the one to to blame that was me and madison i mean it really was like you know when gus hooked that fish the second day i knew right away when he hooked that fish like this is a big freaking deal be you know for everything like i knew because the bite was tough that week like and and he hooks that fish and starts yelling that it's beak hooked. That's when, especially then, when the net man becomes super important because it's like, okay, I need to figure out how to get this fish in ASAP. And I'm watching this, you know, mid-40s fish shake its head back and forth. And I'm looking at the entire crane bait going left, right, left, right out of the fish's mouth. So I'm like, I have no idea how it's hooked, but, like, I'm going to try to take it upon myself to, like, you know, be the guy that that nets this fish super quick. And so, like, you know, I'm locked in. I'm, you know, like you're saying, the competitive juices are flowing. Like, all right, I'm going to do this. And, like, it it was, you know, it was, yeah, it's freaking stressful, man. Like, <laughs> and, and that was a great example of almost what not to do. And it worked out where, like, I tried to take over the situation. It was like, okay, Gus has this fish beak hooked. He's playing it out slow. And, like, I'm going to try to be the person to, like, save the day and get this fish in the net early. And, yeah, it worked out that time. But yeah, I mean, it, it was, it's nerve wracking when you're the neck guy and like you do have the ability, like when that bait is exposed to, you know, be the one to kind of screw everything up. If you, you know, dig a, you know, the front of the net into the bait and hang it. And, you know, that fish would have been caught had you not done something stupid or prematurely tried to net it or whatever. And like, that's when bulk communication becomes so critical, but at the same time, like, yeah, it all sounds good when we're talking about it on the podcast, but like in the 20 seconds of absolute chaos, like it's hard to just clearly be like, okay, we're going to net the fish right now. And it's perfectly, it's time to net it. Like it, that doesn't happen. I mean, you're, you're like, you know, the guy who has the fish on wants it to be netted. The guy who has the net in hand yeah. wants to net it. And like, you're doing everything you can to get this thing in there, but like they're unpredictable and especially big fish, like they can overpower you you know, at times and like do things at the last second that you don't want them to do. And so like it, it's, it's, it's a really hard 
spot to be in as the net man sometimes, especially when those big fish hit in tournaments. Cause you're just, like you said, you're sitting there with the net, you're waiting. When, when should I do this? And like, you're trying to communicate, but stuff goes South and like, you just, you get antsy and you like get, you know, you want, just want it in the net. Like, you're just like, just please, please like just come in here and just lay in this net nicely. But like, that's not always how it goes, you know? I'm losing hairs just listening to you talk. <laughs> like it's stressing <laughs> me out just thinking about like netting another big fish during a tournament. <laughs> I, I I know what you're talking about. It's like, do I want this on my hands? If something goes bad, like, oh my God. I just am so thankful it all worked out <laughs> in the end. With that fish, I, I just is relieved. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. We, don't, we, we don't need to talk about uh, how you'd be feeling today if you lost your PB and PMTT fish, first fish in Minnesota. <laughs> look, we, we would be talking about it. I mean, yeah. there's no doubt. Like, look, yeah, if we, we... I mean, there's, look, we've gotten very fortunate enough to be able to hop on here after PMTTs and, and break them down and talk about how we caught fish. And, you know, it's like, we were joking around in the cabin on uh i don't know if it was like thursday night or friday night or whatever and we were having a few cocktails and like jeremy was talking he's like yeah, i mean you know like musky fishing could just be crazy like you go six hours and you know you don't see a fish and you're like screw this screw this like screw this bait screw this rod you know everything <laughs> sucks i'm not doing anything and then you catch a fish you're like i'm the greatest musky fisherman alive this is so easy everything is so easy i love this and that's just it right like you know there's gonna be times i'm sure you know knock on wood hopefully not after the chip but like in years you know in years after this where we're probably gonna have tournament like us at the pmcc like we got on and talked about how much we sucked like that's gonna happen you yeah know? <laughs> it, it just is what it is yeah those um, aren't as fun but it's part of the sport so it's part can't of it always yeah. avoid them right yeah you can't avoid it like it's it's inevitable and you're gonna struggle but like yeah we'd love to keep having success and and keep doing this and yeah it's it, it does sometimes come down to like things that are controllable and i think that's the you know there's things that are out of your control when you're musky fishing and there's things that are controllable and that's what that's what you really got to try to focus on especially during tournament fishing yeah i just want to quickly jump back to uh to vegas here our pre-tournament lines it was two fish so the under hit there for all you under better celebrating right now it was just the one <laughs> and then the over under size was 44 and a half i believe the line was mashed it. and that got that got smashed Hopefully you put your mortgage on that. Take our betting advice going forward. The return is 10%, but there's value there. <laughs> so we're kind of we're kind of um you know lingering on here about all this. Do you wanna do you wanna dive into the end of end of uh Friday and move on to Saturday? Cause Saturday is not gonna be much up until up until the end. Sure. Yeah, no, Max is spot on there. I mean, we moved a pile of fish at the end of Friday, so Max caught that one at 11, 20, 11, 30 a.m., and we had that boost of confidence, and we just started hammering spots. We're like, let's get another. Let's get another. Let's do this. And we just felt really good, and and uh, pretty quickly, a lot of things just started to not make sense again, and we're like, all right, let's just go to this isolated bar that – that somebody was you know i just gotta shout it out we got 
graciously told about, you know, some spots and we're like, we haven't hit this one yet. We haven't checked it out. Like, let's finally, we drove over it once and we're like, oh, that looks, that looks good. There's bait on it. Yeah, there's bait on it. Like, there's actually like something there. There's like this little tiny pod, like maybe one ball of bait equals lots of muskies and zero balls of bait equals zero to one muskie. So we just figured to fish it and, and kind of like roll around it, like putt, putt in, get the trolling motor down and i gotta think max you took less than a dozen casts because i looked at that waypoint where we were rolling into and it was very quick on like our turn to go up and go around the bar on like the windblown side or like the kind of half windblown side and and you had one where like you didn't say anything yet and i looked down at side image i'm like you just you know there was a fish right there and then you were, I think you said something like, I thought I saw one. So I guess when I, when, when I saw it on side image, it was actually the fish going away. I thought it, I side imaged it. I was about to say like, Max, Max, look at your bait, like good figure eight. Like there's going to be something low on it. But you said you saw a flash and we're like, okay, that, that happened. It was a, a pretty good sized flash. We thought it was a big fish. And I don't think we moved much more than 50, 60 feet up the bar. And I raised a, a 36 to 38 incher about on a, on a monster tube. And it seemed hot, but pieced out pretty quickly. It was super, super windy in the spot, by the way. Like it was, it was in the afternoon. The wind had picked up. <clears throat> we were getting tossed around and it was in hard, the to, tell hard to tell follows hour. It was hard to tell. I mean, I knew it was no. 40 plus but i knew it was no 30 incher and it's just, yeah it's hard to see and and then we kind of roll around it and i think we go back up it again and way up the bar on our second time uh we're just casting up on it casting up on it and also i look down and i'm like we didn't exactly side image this fish way out to the right on our backside it was directly under the boat we're like uh-oh we just there's drove fish. over a fish there's fish here it's like there's fish stacked on this thing, and we, so that was our first time going going to that spot, and we went around it twice and moved the three fish, and we ended up fishing that spot again. We fished a spot close, shark fin, ooh and ooh, <laughs> didn't see a fish there. Did not see a fish again on this mid lake bar, and and uh, then the day ended on Friday. We were super stoked. Came in found out that jeremy and trevor stuck two fish uh they doubled we we went to the to the mid uh mid tournament update at the landing up on the up on the northwest uh yeah northwest Real quick, corner did, did did trevor stick them uh both jeremy and oh. one was a tiger one was a tiger muskie nice yeah that was a gorgeous fish but uh no it you know what that means? That just points to Trevor, which for the people, the listeners that don't know the Barbers, it's a father-son duo. Young Trevor Fino. is still in middle school and is the best musky fisherman that I think we all know. I mean, the dude's stick. He <laughs> catches out, big Trev. fish. Shout out. And he is in, He's he has not caught a big, like a really big fish yet this year. And it's like, all like fingers are pointing to like he's gonna catch a big one at the chip, the chip giant at, at 
at the big Lake Chippewa. I think he's due. They still so, got you know, them 60 inches in there. Yes, sir. The, <laughs> yeah, the world records. They're swimming down there. 68 sure. inches. <laughs> 68 inches, 74 pounds. <laughs> I saw him swim by the boat, and I saw his head on one side and tail on the other. <laughs> he's still down there. Still down there. No, but Trevor, Barbers, absolutely do. But no, they stuck too. And super stoked about that. We both were in the top ten after day one. And and where where, where are they in the rankings? They've had a really good year. Uh they're high up. I mean, they didn't they didn't catch one unfortunately at Cave Run, but they took they took fourth, I wanna say, at Madison. Am I right or wrong? Yeah, fourth. Mm-hmm. Yep, they took fourth at Madison, and then they took tenth here at Lake Vermilion. So I mean, they're they're killing it. This is only the second year of Trevor and and Jeremy in in it. And last year, their first year, uh, Trevor stuck one at Cave Run to send them to the championship. So they went to the championship the first year ever doing it together, and now they're at the championship the second year. So they're on an absolute tear as well. Everyone's going to have to watch out for them for sure. <laughs> and uh, that pretty, so that wraps up the first day of the tournament. And then we, we found out that there was a couple other big fish caught. I think there's already a 50 caught on day one, like a 50 and a half or something like that, or 50 on the dot. I can't exactly remember. And, and I think Max was first place in with a double, I want to say. So we knew it was attainable. Yeah. So we knew it was attainable sitting up there with one big fish and we just kind of knew what we had to do now. I mean, we got, we got our goal. We got our one fish to keep our, our, our spot in top gun. And we just wanted to go out there and just catch them. We, we couldn't at this point, we still haven't really, other than that one smaller, you know, upper thirties moved and saying small, of course, you know, it's Minnesota, but we were just like, where's the nursery? Like, we want to come in with like three 32 inches. Like, we <laughs> we need to find where the nursery is in this place. And and uh, we went in Saturday morning with a completely different game plan where we're like, we see that it's going to be windy in the morning and then it's going to really lay down, like flatten out and get hot and sunny. So it's like, we need to go fish the wind all morning as much as we can and just like fish it hard and we know that they're going to be on windblown rocks and, and shoreline and, and all that stuff. And we go, I don't know, Max, many spots in a long time without seeing a fish pretty much right away in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, wasn't until, you know, the nerves got going again on the, a, a small fish, not, not a big one, but an important one at the time that we thought, and, you know, it was, Reeling in that that old trusty bucktail that Gus Gus tied up and <clears throat> saw him coming from like forty feet away, you know, blonde shadow. This one just wasn't that big, but it was a scorable fish. And uh, still not sure how that one didn't decide to eat. He uh, he came in hot, did a full turn with me, peeled off, but not the type of peeling off where you're like, oh, that fish is gone. Like you could see him peel off and turn around, like he was almost resetting to eat it. He came back on it and then did another turn and and then just like disappeared. And we we're like, oh, that might have been our one chance on 
on Saturday. We're like, no, we needed that. How did we didn't know how that fish didn't eat? I mean, it was windy. There's no way that fish really had our presence locked during the minor, I think. And it was during, yeah, during pretty much peak minor. Yeah. And we decided to go back on it. I mean, not many times do we just go back on, you know, 30 to 32 inch fish, but we're like, this guy, it's got to eat. Right. And we don't, we just don't raise it again. And we figure like it after revisiting it multiple times and not bringing that fish back up and also not seeing other fish, we just didn't want to keep beating on it. Like there's, there probably weren't really that many other fish there, if any. So we decided to just keep moving on and kind of forget about that fish. And, and that's when the old pointing fingers came out and be like, all right, time to get to the big lake, go to the middle of the lake. The wind finally laid down. We're going to fish for the last breath of air is before it just laid down and started pointing fingers. Like that looks good. That looks good. We heard about that spot. That's a famous spot. That looks good. And I think we ran a few spots and didn't see anything. And we're just like, man, if we don't get another chance as a fish, that's okay. We did what we needed to do. It came to that point where we're like, we're just going, it's a Hail Mary fish now, but we're here. We got the, we got the fish we wanted. Let's just have fun. Keep hammering some cool spots and see if we can't get another. And and that's when just the whole Max's world turned around and, <laughs> and got to witness Minnesota's real true beauty on what it has to offer in a fishery like Lake Vermilion. And yeah. the dark side of muskie fishing. Very dark side. I will say too, man, like, you know, you're talking about spot hopping and stuff like ours just melt away during tournaments when like you want to catch a fish and you're not on them. Man, does the time start to go by quick? Like when you can only fish from seven to one, you know, those aren't like after you get past that morning and that, that, that mid morning minor, like, doesn't really feel very musky e out like and stuff kind of starts to you know like just goes by quick when you're limited on hours like that you know what i mean yeah i completely agree it just happens so fast especially the second day of, of a tournament like a typical tournament like the pmtt where it's uh longer the first day and a little bit shorter the second day you think you still have until like 4 p.m and then you're like oh we got two hours we got one hour to make it make it happen or you know something like that and and uh that's that's just when you know dead flat calm and sunny and you know we hear rumors about that lake on when like vermilion pops off and we know like kind of after not moving much in the morning we're like you know we still fished windblown rocks and like very shallow water but it's like you know, we're just looking for an active fish, but we kind of maybe found out. And I don't know if this might just be an August thing or or something, but it's like sometimes those fish just go up there to sunbathe. And that seemed pretty true when people told us that, that honestly, it almost takes hot, no wind weather, middle of the day to bring some of these fish up into some stupid shallow water. And I'm not really sure why I, I, maybe it's just like a moderation of their body temperature and who knows i wish i could ask the muskie exactly what they're thinking on why it's like 
okay, it's really shitty hot weather out there. I'm going to go sit up on top of a one foot rock and chill here and, mm-hmm. you know, wait for an easy decide, meal. Wait for an something. easy meal. There's something. And I don't know. You And then, and, that, and that's when we were fishing that last spot. It was 11. Sorry. No, it was 12. I looked at the clock. It was 1248. We were going to call it five minutes before. It's just what we do so that we always have, we know, always know we have enough time to get the fish in the bag measured pictures sent to Tim. All good. No stress. We're going to end at 1255. It was 1248. And we're yelling miracle fish. (laughs) We're yeah. We've been throwing out miracle fish. We're like, let's just go back to this one spot. We have moved a fish on. We're close to it. Screw it. Let's go. Yeah, so we pull up on the spot and uh, threw back on that uh, that spinner bait, the big old spinner bait. Shout out! And yeah. uh, we we, we shout um, out. We're like, <laughs> let's just burn these things in as fast as we can. Try to trigger a dumb fish and see if we can backdoor. You know, at this point, we thought we needed another fish to take in the top ten. So we're like, let's just try to backdoor the top ten. And Max, ten how left. how how big was this dumb fish? oh so i'm reeling it in real big dumb fish (laughs) burning this burning this spinnerbait again we're throwing up onto the spot like i'm in a foot and a half two feet of water we're sitting in probably eight or nine feet and i'm burning it in and all of a sudden i just feel like weight totally different than the first fish like was not a not a strike like it took my brain a half a second to process like that this just happened like he i just got a hit and it was not like a you know it wasn't one of those where it grabbed it super hard where it took the reel out of my hand like i just all of a sudden was reeling 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 reeling, reeling and wait it's like holy shit fish i yell fish i set up to my right and like as i'm setting up to my right i just see the fish like kind of curl and go completely straight broadside on me about 15, 20 feet away. And when it did, like everything just went numb, <laughs> like straight up. Like I don't want to exaggerate. I don't want to be that guy and be like, oh my God, I lost a huge fish. This thing was freaking ridiculously large. <laughs> like it was well over oh. the fish that I caught the day before. Oh. And you see me turn around, dude. I've never acted like this in my life. I've never acted like that in my whole life. I've never done that where I've turned around and been like, I I like didn't know what to do. I was like, oh my God. It like, because what happened was I set up to my right. The fish completely goes broadside. Like, like I said, 15 feet away from the boat. I got, I I still have, I, I mean, dude, I've seen this in my head 500 times since Saturday afternoon where the fish goes broadside and all of a sudden the buck or the, the spinner bait just kind of like he, he shook once to the right shook once to the left and the, the bait just like falls out of its mouth and he just stayed there. Oh. Like he literally just stayed there for like one and a half, two seconds. A big and then just like coasted into the abyss. And like, by that time Gus had like looked over went for the net or something and like didn't see any of it. I mean, I was like, took my breath away. I'm like, holy shit, that was a big fish. 
I don't know how big, like I tried to be like, well, I think it was, you know, this big. And I tried to look on the bump board later in the day when like the pain wasn't, you know, real, probably guess, you know, 53, 55. Like, I don't know. I'm not, dude, I'm not, I promise. I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to hype like the one we got away, of course, is the biggest one. But like, I took, I I couldn't like when I turned around and started yelling at Gus, I was like, it was 50, 50 plus, 50 plus. Like, I, I've never oh. seen a muskie that big. Like, and you know, you're you're hearing stories like we've gotten DMs from people saying, like, yeah, I caught a 53, I caught a 55 out of a million. Like, we heard people after at the ceremony saying, Well, we raised one that was 56, 57, you know, like it's real out there. Like, this isn't like you know, you're not sitting in a lake in northern Wisconsin be like, oh, that fish was for sure 50. Like, no, this thing was freakishly big. <laughs> freakishly big like to the point where i didn't i could my brain could not process how big that fish was when it turned broadside yeah it looked like i set the hook into gus and he's oh. in the water like <laughs> it's just so freaking big like i i like it made me like i told this to gus i'm like the second i started driving away from vermilion i'm like when the when can we go back because like I, I i wouldn't even know what to do if that thing stayed pinned or whatever like it, it just I, 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 I'm lost for words. It was were, a- like, was there any, like, were, were the hooks slightly dull or was it just unfortunate musky shit? Oh, no, it-, it was tournament sharp hooks. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a spinner bait. So it had a single hook. I yeah. think, you know, I think what happened trying to, trying to look back, I guess you never really know to a perfect science on what happened, but I think what happened. And again, let me preface like, everyone there lost big fish or saw big fish had chances at big fish from who we talked to. Right. So like, I'm not special in any regards where it's like, Oh, you know, like whatever, like everybody had opportunities at big fish that week. And so like this, this shit happens, right? Like, I'm not saying that it should have been caught or anything like that. Like just shit went wrong. And I think what had happened was, I think what had happened was. So what had happened was, what had happened was (laughs) I think the fish, hit it i was i was reeling it in so fast i think the fish hit it from behind loaded the rod and was swimming forward and when i said it i just did not i i didn't get hooks into the fish i think he just had the the spinner bait in its mouth it was such a big strong tough fish that i just don't think i got the hook to go anywhere into its mouth and the rod loaded for you know one to two seconds and it goes broadside. I think it felt me set him and he shook once shook twice. And when he opened up his mouth, the bait, it it did. He didn't even shake a hook. I think the bait just fell out. And, you know, I, and, and the thing I told Gus is like, his head was on the right side. I set up into the right. So I, I think I just never set back into him and, you know, it, it is what it is, man. It's the way she goes. That's, that's See, part I'm- of it. Yeah, it's that there's the luck side there. Fish could have been facing a little bit another way and you could have gotten that one single hook into the roof of its mouth and it would have been game over for that fish with that, you know, big single hook on a spinnerbait. Like easily game, not like easily, but, you know, it's yeah. a better shot with that one big, you know, treble or uh, single hook as opposed to a treble hook. And yeah, man, it's just... I, we've all, all three of us sitting here talking, we've all missed big fish in our life already. And we are 
Unfortunately, it just sucks that it was though. that big. It sucks that it was that big. Yes. It I'm didn't just, need yeah. to be that big. It, it if it would have been a 40 incher, I would I would have shooken it off. It didn't need to be that big. Why did that have to happen? Why? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Why did it have to happen? We don't we never we've really never gotten like that <laughs> miracle last minute thing. So we were blown away that it even happened and one of the first things out of your mouth other than like you know the big fish or like oh oh my god or you know words like that you were just like i wish that didn't happen like i wish i would have rather we would have ended the tournament without seeing another fish the rest of that (laughs) afternoon and that's it and i'm like coming back man and i'm like i don't know man i I don't know I, i think it's the name of the game i think that happens for a reason like we needed to see that or you know something like that not not in like a bad way of 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 the fish getting lost but it's just like shit happens hey, max, lose max. Fish. the good news for you is <laughs> there's this podcast called muskies on tap and they have an episode where they talk about how to handle losing big fish <laughs> that's right brian what what episode number is that for the listeners to know to go back on yeah fundamentals but, oh god it's it, yeah, that episode's losing big fish. But what happens when you lose episode a fish 13. of a lifetime? Oh, thanks, guys. What <laughs> happens when you lose a fish of a freaking lifetime in a tournament and you want to jump off the boat and swim back to Wisconsin? Nobody's made a podcast on that yet. So maybe that's next week's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Geez. Oh, man. I mean, I'm just having fun at this point. Like, it, it totally <laughs> is what it is. But, like, God, was that just. Oh, Jack. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> I mean it. Oh man, yeah, it was um mixed bag of emotions to end the day because it's like <laughs> unbelievable weekend. We came here, we achieved the goal that we set out for, was just to catch a fish in the PMTT at Lake Vermilion. That was the goal, hundred percent. You know, figured we probably couldn't hold our own against a lot of the people that were fishing in, especially the people that knew the lake really well. And uh, to think that we had a chance again everybody else did too so it's not not special in this you know certain circumstance at all it just it just was what it was but like it does not take the pain away from knowing that like that could have been you know the fish that i you know i I never might i never i may never see a fish that big again i may never catch a fish that big again i hope i do I hope to get back to Lake Vermilion and get some redemption Chip, on that Chip one. Chloe's got one in store for you. I hope so. I I would love that. I would love that. I just don't know if they make them that big still there. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm kind of venting right now. It's it's like actually like a good <laughs> yeah. release for me because it's been pent up. I mean, I think we were on the ceremony stage and like they were asking us about it. I was pretty much like, yeah, I just drove in silence here by myself. The Gus and I took separate cars because we were leaving. I was just like, I didn't know what to think. I'm like, I'm so happy that we caught a fish. I'm so happy that I think we're in the top 10 still because we kind of got word that we would be. I I, I was so pumped up. I was so thankful. But at the same time, I'm sitting there in the back of my head like, I I also just, I just lost the the biggest fish in my life. Like, uh, and a fish that not only was the biggest, like, we're not talking, you know, like, just, just barely. It was just you know, freakish freakishly big i don't know mm. i don't know what to say this is going to come across so dumb but i don't care it was it was just <laughs> I, I like i'm still it's sunday night and i'm still like you can probably hear it in my voice like i'm just like i don't know what to think 
I don't know what to make a make of that situation because it's just like such a mixed bag of emotions. It did not need to be that big. And this it could have been like yeah. a 35 yeah, inch. Right. It just, you know, it, it didn't need yeah. to be that big. It did not. It did Title not. of the episode didn't need to be that big. <laughs> did, yeah. Uh, well, that, that, that adds to a very exciting week for you guys. I mean, not quite the yes. way you'd want to cap it off, but also kind of a way it to was, cap it off that, you know, lifelong memory great. there. Yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. I wouldn't, I wouldn't honestly like, well, I, oh, I, I wouldn't change a thing, but I would. <laughs> yeah. You know, right, like, yeah. I mean, yeah. looking back, you're happy it happened. Obviously not the way you wanted, but you got yeah. to experience a, a freakish fish. It gives us a good reason to go back. I mean, not that we wouldn't have if we wouldn't have seen that fish. Like, I want to go back there. I can't say enough good things about Lake Vermilion. I hope they continue to take care of that lake and stock it well. I hope people continue to fish it well and, and you know, fish it to the point where people can still have chances at those giants that are that are pushed up and accessible to people to catch because it's a fun lake, man. It's gorgeous. It has some massive fish i mean gus right every single person we talked to at the ceremony who didn't see a 50 yeah agreed everyone saw 50 it was insane like not yeah i think people were being honest with themselves too (laughs) i mean these are all good fishermen like they're not it's not the whole whole humbug of northern wisconsin where it's like i hooked and lost a 50 and you you just like you don't know the person. You're like, I, I don't know, man. You know, there's not that many around. Yeah, here. it it goes like back vermilion. to last week's episode. You know, we had to talk about the differences in the fisheries, and then you know, Max asked like, "Is it easier or what?" And it's not easier, but there's a shit ton more fifties. It sounds like. I mean, yeah, we've we've fished for how long in northern Wisconsin, and we've probably not laid our eyes on a fifty yet. So. I mean that that's crazy differences. Yeah, you're you you're spot on, man. I mean it it's a totally different fishery than what we're typically used to. I mean, we are not used to 48 and 3 quarters hitting bucktails. We're not used to, you know, well, however freaking spinner baits. <laughs> spinner baits in a foot and a half of water, reeling it at a million miles an hour. I mean, I I don't know like Say what you will about the differences of Wisconsin and Minnesota, but that to me is a pretty stark difference right there. And then proof is in the pudding. I mean, we were there for four and a half days and we maybe fished collectively for, you know, 25 hours, you know, truth be told. I mean, we, we didn't fish that much during pre-fishing, you know, we, we drug it out a lot on this podcast, but effectively fished maybe nine hours in total during pre-fishing. So, so overall we you know ended ended in the eighth place at the vermilion pmtt and that was amazing that we still held the spot in the top 10 with our one big fish sounded like overall even with a lot of people seeing and you know losing some pretty big fish that the bite was actually tough i think too many people were probably thinking it was going to be like the last time they went to vermilion I don't remember the year, but I think first and second place both caught eight fish and they were all like 42 to 50 inches pretty much. And it was crazy. And this time it was like Madison where like a couple big fish did it and that's it. Like just, just, just two, three, 
and that was it. You know, I think first place got four, but uh, that that was that. We uh, ended the day, and we, you know, it, I know it ended how it did, but we were still extremely happy. And uh, I hopped in the truck with the boat, headed back to Eagle River. Max hopped in his car and went back to Minneapolis. And, you know, we had somewhat quiet rides back. I know I was listening to a couple Backlash podcasts and talking to Max on the phone. I gave, uh, I know I gave Nick a call, Nick Amrose a call. I talked to Clayton on the phone. You know, I just tried to, <laughs> to just get get back home as quick as possible and safely but like god if i wasn't doing all that stuff that that car ride would have taken forever <laughs> yeah it was uh it was a good good week man i i appreciate spending all that time with you it was a blast brian we got to get you up to lake vermilion i think uh if there's one thing that i took away from this weekend is that a boys trip 2024 or even maybe to try to sneak one in in 2023 somehow to get up wow. to Lake Vermilion and go chase some giants. November. November. Because there are some big fish to be had. I loved it up there. I can't wait to get back. I'm glad the PMTT went up there. If there's one thing, man, that's so fun fishing these tournaments is like getting out to new bodies of water and just seeing what it all has to offer because uh, that was cool. So. We'll put a bow on that. We'll transition into some uh, housekeeping items. I know Merch God Brian's got some, some updates on where our merch is at. We got the old common man musky segment coming up here. We got a few awesome submissions that I'm excited to share. So, uh, Brian, you let us know. You know, are we we gonna get sweatshirts and t-shirts here soon, or what's yeah, going it's, on? it's looking like it. It's looking All like right. it. Yeah, they're, uh, we're, yeah, we're whipping something up, something up in the kitchen right now. Uh, we got sounds- quotes. Yeah, we got some quotes. We we got some big orders looming, and uh, we'll see. We'll we'll maybe plug some teasers on the Instagram, and you guys can light it up if you hate them or love them. All all feedbacks appreciated, and uh, hopefully we're not too far away from from receiving them and being able to send them out to whoever whoever wants them. So stay tuned there. More more details uh, next week's pod. Awesome. Also. Yeah, I'm also excited that once we get those, we definitely got to do a giveaway. I think we're overdue a little bit on a giveaway to you guys, the listeners. So definitely be looking for that. We'll we'll point you guys in the right direction. As always, we got stuff going on on the Instagram page, Muskies on Tap. So be sure to, to uh, follow that, and that's where you're going to get any updates as well as listening to the podcast. So. Merch on the way, in the works. Uh, we're all super excited. So let's move to the Common Man Musky segment, Max. What do we have in this week? Yes. Well, real quick to touch on the whole Common Man Musky segment and also just like the interaction with the listeners. Because I do want to talk about this. I thought it was super cool how many people reached out, especially over this last weekend, just saying like, good luck. And kind of like being into this, because I think that's kind of an element that makes it so much more fun for us to do it is that other people are like, you know, um, tuning into it and and being into it. And it's just like it just makes it all so cool. So thanks to everyone who like hit us up and and uh, really, really appreciated all the encouragement and 
uh, tips and, you know, people helping us out and all that stuff. It just, it just like, it's awesome. So can't say enough about that, but yeah, moving on, we got two submissions. So we're growing, you know, first week we had one second, we have two, you know, if you guys want to send them in, it's as easy as just sending me a DM or shooting a text to my cell at 920-205-9192. Send in a picture of a muskie story behind it. Uh, we'll happy, happily shout you out on the pod and I'll be shooting some Instagram uh, stories this week on, on these fish that we're touching on. So first one comes from Edward uh, Ritzima. Uh, he caught a really nice muskie, looks like uh, probably around a 40 incher on a top raider at 6.15 in the morning. So top Ooh, early water, morning grinder. Right? There's uh, <laughs> yeah. the, the thing I noticed about this picture is he's holding it. Well, two things. First, crazy mouth on this muskie. The teeth are ridiculous. It looks like a freaking barracuda or something. And second, Brian, <laughs> I know you'll like this. Fog coming off the water at 6.15 mm, yeah. in the morning. Glass calm. On top, top water. water. Uh, yeah, there's no way he wasn't catching that fish. Yes. And he said that he, uh, um, something about, you know, waiting, like we were talking about in that one episode, waiting to set the hook until he felt it, not when he heard it. That was the biggest yeah. thing I think to, he said to Perfect. see the Shout me. out, Edward. Shout yeah, out, shout Edward. Out. Shout out. And then our next one comes from Dwayne Wedler Jr., DW Jr. Shout he out, Dwayne. Sent, <laughs> he sent in a beast Shout of out. a muskie, uh, very on topic here from Lake Vermilion. 52 and a half beasts. Whoa. Sheesh. That's yeah. a nice fish. It's gorgeous, man. And get this. Caught it boat side on a toad. Jeez. Yeah. Wow. Dude, that would be as hell. That would <laughs> that would be unreal to get boat side by a 50 plus on on rubber. Oh man. Imagine hopping a uh, hopping a toad along and all of a sudden both side of 52 and a half jaws of life open up next to the boat and smash your toe. Oh that's, my God. That's, that's awesome, dude. Memorable. Yeah. Yeah, man. So yeah, that's, that's a wrap on the common man muskie segment this week. So thank you guys for sending those fish in and hope we get a few more as the weeks progress. Cause I enjoy seeing those stories and sharing them with everybody. Yeah. We definitely love seeing the pictures coming in on the on the instagram and to max and seeing seeing all the smiling faces and big fish holding and and it's awesome love talking about it love seeing I, it I, I do like hearing how they caught the fish like hearing that it was on a toad like you know some of like you know you got a couple toads but it's not always like the first bait we think to throw so you know hearing what other people are catching them on is always kind of might open your mind a little bit as to what you might use next time mm-hmm. out completely agree on that so i think that is going to cap off today's podcast on the pmtt recap of the third qualifier 2023 lake vermilion said and done next up is now the big chip the big championship over on lake chippewa the chippewa flowage in hayward wisconsin at the chip the chip at the chip is going on September 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. Three-day event. Must catch a fish uh, hope, on Friday or Saturday. 
I'm just that's what. <laughs> yep, getting there. Yep, <laughs> I hope so my too. Bad. My bad. Three day event. If you catch a fish on Friday or Saturday, you move on to Sunday. So the boats, the field cuts back, but I don't know the number of how many people are going to be on it. So we're going to find out probably shortly on the full field of going there. But nonetheless, Max and I are absolutely stoked to get out there. And I know hopefully we can get some solid pre-fishing in there and not, you know, it's a massive body of water. And I think there's going to be way more places to tuck away in there. It's, it's smaller than Vermilion, but, but still very large. And, and I think, I think we should be able to actually fish this time in pre-fishing and, you know, hopefully get something dialed in. So, um, I don't know if I have, uh, anything else to add on today's or tonight's podcast guys. I don't, you got anything else oh, to add? Brian might join us on the chip potentially for a few days. To do some yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah depending right. on if our schedules align, I'll, I'll be chomping at the bit for that. Um, been wanting to get back out there ever since we went on it for a few hours uh, a year ago or two years ago. So, We'll see. We'll see. But that would definitely be a lot of fun. Pre-fish with you guys. Probably clean out all the fish in the lake. Pre-fishing. But uh, yeah. <laughs> That's my only concern of having you in the boat is we don't <laughs> want to burn too many fish. And, you know. Yeah. It's tough to avoid at times. So we'll see. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. No. Good episode. I'm glad to kind of debrief after that uh, hell of a week, man. That was uh, That was a lot of fun um just yeah crazy fishery uh really fun tournament and looking forward to the chip should be good got uh the whole crew from eagle river rolling there so everyone qualified which is awesome i'm guessing you know mid-september hoping for some good weather and feel like it could be pretty damn good bite but we'll see yeah we'll see i'm looking forward to it and before brian takes us away and sends us into the night uh, I'm going to quick give these socials. We got the Instagram handle for our muskies on tap podcast. That one is moderated by all three of us. So we're trying to put out as much content, uh, stories, reels, all that good stuff for you guys to watch and kind of see what we're doing. So be sure to follow that. I also have my personal contact information. You can reach me at my cell. If you want to talk fishing or if you're in the Eagle river area and you want to Catch your first muskie, catch your biggest muskie. I'd be happy to take you out on a trip. Uh, you can reach me at 920-264-3816. You can also reach me at my Instagram, which is Suggs Fishing, or Facebook, which is you know my personal handle, which is Gus Manti, or Suggs Fishing Guide Service. So would love to hear from you guys. You know, reach out and yeah. All right, Brian, you want to give everybody a little wave goodbye here on, on the podcast today? Yeah, I'll take everybody home here. I think it was a uh, it was a very, very fun weekend for all of us. You guys had a blast out of Minnesota. I got to say, for all you Minnesotans that are listening to this, Kings of the North are back. The Green Bay Packers this year are looking sharp. Jordan <laughs> loves the real one, the chosen one. And they're coming back yeah. to the top. We ain't yeah. going away anytime soon. <laughs> Neither is the Muskie on Tap squad heading to Chippewa. Flowey, you know it's going to be on site there again. Shout out Big O's Bucktail. <laughs> Shout out everybody else on the pod. We'll see you guys next week. Shout out. Shout out. <laughs>